This is Kate Beckinsale. You're listening to Beckinsale. Unique New York. Unique New York. How now, brown cow? How now, brown cow? I love Mountain Dew. Dewy, dewy, dew down into my belly. The arsonist has oddly shaped feet. The human torch was denied a oh, bank I alone. I, I can't run the air. Wait. Can't. Can't. I, I'm on the air right now? I don't believe you. I knew it. <laughs> I knew what you that guys was got from, there. And I, I knew where you're going with yeah, it. I don't believe you. Yes. <laughs> but welcome to Bacon Sale. I'm Joel. I'm Kent. And I'm Zach. We'd like to thank you for listening to our last show, our canceled too soon episode. Kent, yeah, you're in yeah. trouble. Why? What did I do? Because you gave uh you, you gave a bad advice for one of the shows regarding the rating of Santa Clarita diet. Oh, what did I say? You in, said TV you said it was TV14 and it apparently has multiple F bombs <gasps> and innuendo it's and TVMA. Listen, if we've learned anything it's that I'm desensitized. You absolutely are. So sorry Doug Smith. <laughs> oh no, he watched it because of that? Uh-huh. And he said TV14 where'd you get that from? And I said or he got after the TV14 thing on my yeah. Where'd you get TV14 from? It says TVMA anywhere. And he says from Kent Oh, no. That's why I mm-hmm. watched it. It's because I don't hear the F words. <laughs> and Joel, you, you're a little bit in trouble because oh, no. uh, I believe Abe Yaspi, Scott Sprague, and others suggested Freaks and Geeks. And you you said very neutral things. I did. That tell me that you don't like that show. Not a fan. All right. Didn't resonate mm-hmm. with me. Well, but, Zach, are you in trouble? Uh, never. <laughs> uh, but also always. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. There were lots of suggestions and uh, mostly just a lot of people... I don't know. Uh, this was like a therapy session for people mm-hmm. who were sad, people who didn't realize Mysterious mm-hmm. Benedict Society was gone. Oh, that's still I, sad. I recall um, Max Dimmick was, was, continues to be sad about Dark Crystal. One of my favorite things that happened, though, is like someone would comment and say, oh, this show, I miss this show, and they get a bunch of little likes from other listeners. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, they're commiserating together. Terry Maine is uh, Team Kent. Oh, Sarah Connor Chronicles got yeah. some love. There was a uh, honestly, thank you so much. Tons of feedback. Yeah, that's uh, great. I think we created a nice community of people who can mourn together. Misery loves company. True. Bacon cell. But that's not what we're talking about today. What are we talking about today, Zach? <laughs> we're talking about the comedy of comedies. Joel, we're I'm, doing I'm, it. I'm so glad you're laughing right now because you're not going to laugh for the rest not of the all. episode. No, no, especially since I know very much that you do not like straightforward <laughs> comedy. I don't. That is known on Bacon Cell that comedy is not your favorite genre. You it like needs to be found within a genre. And romantic comedies. Action comedies. Like straightforward comedy is not your thing. No. It is my thing. Yeah, I know. I've got so many comedy movies. That's my biggest genre that I own. Is that a thing anymore? No. Is there such a thing? Honestly, is there such a thing as a one genre movie anymore? But especially when it comes to comedy. No, and I think the era of the comedy has sadly gone away where Mm -hmm. people don't do straightforward comedies anymore. Why? Eh, That's up to debate. Uh, Maybe people are offended too early. Maybe just people aren't funny anymore. Are they profitable? They, they should be because they're such low budget. Right. That's what like, I would think, too. It's like a rom-com. They used to make those all the time because they're such low budget. They mm-hmm. make such money. But I don't know. I don't know if the, just the humor has changed or what. But let's discuss briefly the history of comedy. Okay. Oh. Because it is one of the oldest genres in film. And it's because they used to do comedies in theaters. It was a, it was pretty a direct translation. Uh, the earliest silent films were slapstick, which mm-hmm. is a lot of physical comedy because they didn't have sound. So doing the physical goofiness translates to scream gags and pratfalls. On a lot of these lists, I saw The General, which we've talked about yes. pretty highly in previous shows. Yes. I is a considered a comedy. I didn't it find is. that as a comedy. I found it wildly entertaining. Yes. But same. I wouldn't have said, oh, that was so but funny. But back in the day, you know, when he falls face first, it's and that, yes, ah, a comedy. Look at the railroad When you're rooting die. for the South <laughs> in the Civil War, <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. I want to jump back a little bit before sure. that because the first comedy film 
was actually a French film called Le Heurseux Heurse. Oh, bless you. Which means The Watered Waterer came out in 1895. It's about 60 seconds long. You can find it on YouTube. And Mm -hmm. it's just a boy playing a prank on a gardener. He has a hose. The boy steps on a hose. The gardener looks in the hose. Boy, oh, I hate this kid. Sprays him in the face. And then the man almost beats the kid up. It's kind of, I was like, how far is he going to go with this? But it was 100 years ago. It's fine. Yeah. But I watched that and I enjoyed it. But the first feature length one is generally considered to be Tilly's Punctured Romance, starring Charlie Chaplin. Oh, okay. He was not the full Mm -hmm. tramp persona yet. But uh, it was, you know, a lot of slapstick. But that is considered by many to be the first ever feature length comedy. Okay. And then as sound came out in the 1920s, they just they said, hey, we can make people laugh with these physical situations mm-hmm. and with our dialogue. And so that became a very easy genre to do, very low budget and very popular. And so then you get the silent film era, very, one of my favorite genre of the silent film is comedies. Mm-hmm. And you get Buster Keaton and Harold Lloyd and Charlie Chaplin, these these iconic people who became famous because of their comedy style. Totally, yeah. And it's interesting because comedy, I I mentioned those stars before, but comedy, if you think about it, horror movies are about the story. Yeah. And dramas are a lot about the story. But a comedy, a lot of times, the the studios will sell it by the actor. It is the actor, the individual star actor, is up there front and center being like, hey, this is a Jim Carrey comedy. It's so true. Hey, this is a Steve Martin Adam Sandler. Yeah. Uh, Who's a current comedian? Is there a current comedian that you could say was funny? Kevin Hart. Dave Bautista. Here's a Melissa McCarthy comedy. Yeah, Jack Black. Uh, Jason Bateman. Sure. So you put those people in front, people are like, oh, yes, they are funny, therefore this movie will be funny. But it's just interesting compared to other genres. It's like, okay, this horror movie, who's in it? Doesn't matter. It's Mm -hmm. scary. Right. It's just kind of funny how that works out. But the weird thing about comedy is that it's almost too broad of a category because the the basic theater sides is drama and comedy. Mm -hmm. But the problem is there are so many different subtypes of comedies. You get, I'm going to just list a couple here. Slapstick, right. physical comedy. Screwball comedy, it's like a battle of the sexes. Parody, farce, dark comedy, gross-out comedy, buddy comedy, mockumentary, satire, situational, surreal. These are all subcategories within comedy. Mm-hmm. So to say just comedy, you have to really drill down. Like, well, what type of comedy? Yeah. Because not every comedy is for everyone. My wife does not enjoy slapstick, and I know that. Mm. So while I'm cracking up at the Three Stooges hitting each other, she's like, "What? What is? Why is this funny?" Right. And I don't know. Some <laughs> wire part you. of okay. brain. It's yeah. And that's Kent. I believe you're much more in the dark comedy. Yeah, absolutely. And in uh, I think you enjoy satire and parody. I like the dry wit. Yes. Right. Something that's not going to make me laugh out loud, but I go, "Huh? I had to think about that." Yeah, you like the thinker comedy. Yeah. I, I think you might enjoy British comedy as well. No, I do. It be very dry. Yes. Zach, what about you? What, what kind of comedy do you enjoy? I generally prefer comedies that are more based around dialogue. That, you know, I, I don't yeah. tend to lean toward the, the slapstick as much. Physical comedy doesn't really make me laugh a ton. Just situational comedy. How did you feel about the comedies of the 90s back in the day? You know, the yes and no movies and that sort of in era. In the day, yeah. I liked them. Looking right. back, it's a bit much for me. Okay. A lot of yelling. That I oh, yeah. really a lot of extended t- sketches. Yeah, I, I, I get it. We'll talk about it uh, in as in we go. Move, sure, as we go. But there was a particular one I watched this past week where I found myself being, "Oh, the straight man is the funny part in this," and I did not think that when I was a kid. Totally, uh, straight yeah. man being in a comedy. Usually, there's one person kind of a they're grounded in reality where everything around them or characters. Because we relate the to them now that we're older. Yeah, we're <laughs> frustrated with people that are annoying. Yeah. yeah. I look at some of the older comics and, and one thing I don't find funny and, and never have, and I don't know why, is the mugging for the camera. Mm. Well, they'll make a funny face and then like the camera zooms in on it. They're like, Burr! and they think that's funny. And they did in the 70s and 60s. That was huge. Yeah. Sure. And I don't get it. I don't like it because I'm like, does Ben Stiller do that in a lot of his movies outside of Zoolander even? 
Does he mug for the camera? Well, I mean, everyone. Jim Carrey. I think he comes from Jerry Stiller. His dad yeah. did. And so I think he does that yeah. as well. Okay. Jim Carrey definitely does. But some of his comedy also is uh, a little more. Loud. Well, sophisticated, I was going to say. What? <laughs> Not at all. Some of it is sophisticated. A lot of it is just. I'm comedy. picturing a scene from Ace Ventura 2 when nature calls. I said some of it, not every <laughs> moment of it. Well, but this conversation right here is essentially a big precursor to our decision making process when it comes to this bracket. Right. We're going to be divided. This is, this is going to probably be the most divided that we will we ever be in a, and in we, a movie bracket. And, oh, oh, one more thing I wanted to mention. Sure. Because we talked about the different tastes. And speaking of taste, comedy is like tofu. It can gain the flavor of whatever else is put in. That's why you can have uh, an action comedy horror, or a horror comedy, yeah, a romance yeah. comedy, musical comedy. It can fit any space and fit any flavor because I think everyone does appreciate comedy in one form or another. I like that. In fact, one of the things I've noticed is that comedy is a great way to get people to open up their emotions. Mm -hmm. And then you hit them hard with a jump scare or you hit them hard with like a really yeah. dramatic part. Okay. If you can make them laugh, they let their guard down and then you can hit them with whatever you want. <laughs> We've all seen uh, live theater and you, in that circumstance, you can always tell people want to laugh. Mm -hmm. People are trying to laugh and so much so that they might do so at an inappropriate time. Yes. Same thing happens in movies. At church. You see things. Yes. <laughs> yeah, in church. It's, you're, you just, you want to laugh. You're yeah. willing to laugh mm -hmm. and you might do so inappropriately. So yeah, when you, when you do have something in like a horror movie where it's, it's, Catch gonna, you off guard. you know, loosen you up yeah. and we'll, we'll scare you. Yeah. That's a great combination. And I, like I said, I think everyone appreciates comedy, but at the same time, I believe my personal belief mm -hmm. is from the book of Joel here, which is actually a book. So pay attention to it. <laughs> the worst movies in the world are comedies because you can laugh at a bad drama. And right. Like, this is okay. terrible. Bad horror is hilarious to watch. Birdemic. But sometimes funny. boring horror can be the worst as well. It can. But then you get someone like Riff Tracks or Mr. Science Theater who sure. makes fun of it. And it all of a sudden it's funny again. Bad comedy is unenjoyable. You cannot laugh at a bad comedy yeah. because it, they want you to laugh and they're looking at you like, no, I'm not going to give you anything on this. Right. And that's why I feel like some of the worst movies. In the, I, I wouldn't say maybe. Well, I don't know. You think some of the best and some of the worst of film. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think I think most of the worst films in the world are comedies because it's like, hey, laugh at this. And people are like, no. Yeah. And that kills it. But somebody out there, that's their favorite movie. No matter what it is. about that. I, I've said that before. And I, actually, my, my, I think my quote was, every movie is someone's favorite movie, except for Highlander 2. <laughs> the no quickening. One, no one likes Highlander 2. <laughs> There's one out there. I'm that, sure there could there be are, only one, I, If I went to IMD right now, there would be a 10 star yeah. review of that now when we go over this list which we'll get into in just a little bit uh this is all your fault we always had yes. that precursor in, in our, our past <laughs> yeah. many brackets where we that's why we ask you and we say hey look don't blame us right we actually took the movies you gave us which was more than two shows and we actually condensed this and put it on patreon.com if you're tier two or above you can see the video we basically spent an hour cutting down your initial list down to what we have here well we cut we made some cuts before yeah and then we had our video where we cut it down to the 32 that we're putting on our bracket which you can there find were so many and thank you by the way yes and we thank you for suggestions like it was ridiculous to cut it down even to where we're at but once again there I, are 50 amazing comedies that we had to cut down to once again people are going to say why didn't you include this one on the list or why didn't you include oh. this one on the list and i'm like there were some that were not suggested that we all went there's some i'm disappointed that are not on the list yeah yeah. The and Hangover is not on this list. Uh, Sorry. No, didn't get submitted. And so we, 21 went, to Jump you, Street. Yeah. Uh, we went to you, the listener. Uh, if you don't follow us on social media, you're missing out on, on input like this. But yeah. we went out to the listener and said, hey, submit your best comedies to us. You did. We got a ton. We whittled it down. We whittled it down again. And we're at 32 now. We have 32 number ones. 
It was there hard. are amazing movies here. Yes. We and we could reseed this bracket, mix yeah. it all up and get a different result. It's really gonna come and, down and Joel, to how is it, you know, the how is it seeded? seeded because we said, you know, we can mix these and match these according to what we like, but the problem is we all like different things, as does a listener. So we had to go with some sort of objective formula to seed this bracket. Right. And so we went with the IMDB score. So mm-hmm. if you go on the Internet Movie Database, they have hundreds of thousands of reviews on some of these movies. And so it's... And some of them were not done by a bot. Some of them were not done by a bot. <laughs> Just some. But we decided that would be the way to go this time is to seed it that way. And I, it's exactly right that if we were to seed this according to box yeah. office, which we did have that at one point, and we went, oh, that's bad. Box office with comedy is so tricky. Yeah. It because is. a lot of this catches fire in home release. Yeah. Or, or the decade it came out. The de- or, yeah, it was it it's came out early. Right. Or, you know, really, everyone knows this from watching it on TBS or TNT. Right. But it is funny to see which comedies hold up and which didn't. Which leads us into, gentlemen, we have 32, bra- 32 <sighs> comedies. Round one. On I just, this bracket, we're going to go best two out of three. I, I just want to say, you guys are great. Thank you. You guys are great. You actually started off tonight before recording saying how much you love us. You thought I was leaving the show. <laughs> I kind of uh, did. <laughs> you guys are great. And this has been so much fun. And if our relationship is irreparably damaged tonight, just know I love you. Joel, I am sorry. And I will try to fight for you a few times unless I'm fully just not for I've already got my guard up. I think our tastes probably are the most different in comedies. You yeah. Know, we'll align action in drama. Fine. Action, fine. Comedies is going to be... A little weird. Should we All do right. this thing? Yeah. Jump in. There we go. Start off. Our first matchup. matchup is Monty Python and the Holy Grail. King Arthur and his Knights of the Round Table embark on a surreal, low-budget search for the Holy Grail, encountering many very silly obstacles. Okay. Against Zoolander. <laughs> At the end of his career, a clueless fashion model is brainwashed to kill a prime minister of Malaysia. Yes. So <laughs> Monty Python and the Holy Grail versus Zoolander. This is well, our no first surprise, matchup. No surprise here. Monty Python and the Holy Grail is the highest rated on IMDb with 8.2 hmm. out of 10. And then Zoolander is the lowest with 6.5. So I went into this and yes, I have like success and how many top 10 lists or whatever for comedies it's got online. But I have like this recipe for myself. What makes a good comedy? So for example, like laughs. You know, how many times is it? Last per minute. Right. How many times will I guffaw? And then also I score by wit, because sometimes wit doesn't make you laugh out loud, but you go, man, that was really clever. Quotes, which is just a part of this genre. Mm -hmm. It is. And heart. I think a comedy can't really be great unless there's heart, unless there are characters you care about. Except for sometimes the heart gets too much and becomes a dramedy, not a comedy. And we'll we'll get there in some of these movies. So that's kind of where my bias comes in a lot. And I gave these number scores for each of those. Well, in this first matchup, you have one of, if not the most quotable movie. It is. It gets a 10 for me out of quotes. So when much it that it's annoying, you have Monty right? Python and the Holy Monty Grail. Python and the Holy Grail. That said, <laughs> Zool- yeah. no, Zoolander, Zoolander is also endlessly Zoolander quotable. Zoolander is super quotable is. as well. Yeah. I think Zoolander has uh, definitely uh, permeated pop culture as far as the, the blue steel, right? The, 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 the face that you make. You and know, it's lasted 20 years now. Yeah. Well, and, I, okay, and so still likable. Speaking of the recipe you talk about, Kent, mm-hmm. my thing is rewatchability. Because a lot of yes. humor comes from the unexpected. Right. When something unexpected happens on screen, whether it be a line or uh, someone gets hit by something, that's mm-hmm. what makes people laugh is, oh, I didn't expect that. Or the complete opposite, you know exactly where it's going and it's funny to watch I, the train go I down. I love the tension of like, oh my gosh, this part's coming up. I love this part. It's so funny. Like the jitterbug scene in yeah. Zoolander. Yes. The right. jitterbugs? Orange oh, mocha frappuccino. Oh, jitterbug, I would never yeah. call it jitterbug scene. Oh, I, I based on this thing. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I call it the orange mocha frappuccino. And that's exactly what scene orange it is. Orange mocha frappuccinos. Dude. The first yeah. time you see that, it's a showstopper. 
It's absolutely it really amazing. It, it just comes and, out and, of nowhere. And now when I watch it, the buildup is just as amazing. Yes. Yeah. Um, do you think that Zoolander was, is knocked down a peg by Zoolander 2? A movie yeah. that is terrible. I forgot it existed for Thank a while. goodness. <laughs> I saw it in theaters and was very disappointed. Mm-hmm. Yes, this, this was lightning in a bottle. It did not work again in the second one. No. Oddly enough, though, this is kind of a darker topic, but this movie came out in September of 2001. Oh. Okay. This this came out shortly after the, the attacks on the Twin Towers in 11, mm-hmm. the whole horrible event that happened then. And this was kind of like, they're like, should we release it? Should we not release it? And people, honestly, I don't think people... Th- thought they were okay to laugh at that point because it's zany it's bizarre and crazy and silly it was roger ebert who said that to some degree zoolander is a victim of bad timing and he gave it an initially really bad review wow and then later on he said uh i'm sorry i was a little harsh not because the time yeah but he told ben stiller he enjoyed it but why male models but why male models (laughs) i personally is the essence which that was ad-libbed That was an ad lib moment where David Duchovny is giving this whole speech about why the government uses male models to do these high profile assassinations. Mm -hmm. And then Ben Stiller as Zoolander goes, but why male models? He's like, are you serious? I just, I just, I just told (laughs) you, just told you. Wonderful (laughs) moment of improvisation. But we're talking about it so much because it's not going on, right? (sighs) Not against Holy Grail. I, I, honestly, I really like Zoolander. I'm going to, I'm going to admit it here. Maybe this is the young bias coming out. If these two movies are on a shelf, I'm grabbing Zoolander first. Mm. I, That's a really good point. I, I had not. I watched would rather it. watch Zoolander today than than Monty Python. And the I Lord had Grail. not watched it for a long time, and in fact, kind of went into it, kind of arms crossed, like, okay, well, I'm going to watch Zoolander. Sure. I forgot how much I enjoyed it. You I know, really yeah. did. Uh, we haven't even mentioned Owen Wilson as Hansel. Wow. I think he's hilarious. He's so hot right now. That Hansel's <laughs> so hot right now. Will <laughs> Ferrell as Mugatu is hilarious. I also forgot about certain parts that I'd fast forward through. This actually got an R rating mm-hmm. when it first got sent to the Motion Picture Association. Really. And they had to appeal it. I don't think they changed anything. They just appealed it. Is it it the scene when they're hanging out at Hansel's house? That and the the massage parlor. Mm -hmm. Those are the two scenes you have to fast forward. Yeah. Yeah. Comedies have that way to make you forget about how indecent they actually are. You want to overlook it. But it's it's, when you're getting so many jokes a minute, Mm -hmm. it is easy to overlook some of that stuff. Unless you're watching with your parents or kids. (laughs) But we're all saying that Monty Python and Holy Grail is moving on. Yeah, but that's a really good point, Zach. I would rather watch Zoolander. But I can't in good conscience vote for it, even though it's a legacy thing. I like Zoolander better. I'm not the biggest fan of Monty Python and the Holy Grail. That said, it's extremely quotable and it has a rabid fan base. It, so it would it would feel stupid to say that Zoolander is better than than Holy Grail. Mm-hmm. But personal opinion, you personal think? opinion, I'd rather watch Zoolander. Yeah. I get it. I think that we've learned a lot about you, and we can move on now. <laughs> so Monty Python and the Holy Grail goes on. He says he's not dead. Yes, he is. I'm not. He isn't? Well, he will be soon. He's very ill. I'm getting better. No, you're not. You'll be stone dead in a moment. I already hate this so much. This is this is difficult. Uh, okay, next we have Clue. Six guests are anonymously invited to a strange mansion for dinner, but after their host is killed, they must cooperate with the staff to identify the murderer as the bodies pile up. Comedy! Versus School <laughs> of Rock. After being kicked out of his rock band, Dewey Finn becomes a substitute teacher of an uptight elementary private school only to try to turn his class into a rock band. So Clue came out 1985 and stars uh, Tim Curry, Madeline Kahn, Christopher Lloyd, Michael McKean. Great cast. And then you get Most importantly, Madeline Kahn. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mrs. White. Fantastic. Is Madeline Kahn like the unsung hero of this entire bracket? She's all over the place. Yeah, I love it. And I'm not mad. She's the unsung hero of my life. I love her. (laughs) If you don't know who Madeline Kahn is, you should. She is one of the funniest actors out there. Um, School of Rock came out in 2003. It's got Jack Black, Joan Cusack, uh, Sarah Silverman, others. Kids, Jack. a lot of kids who are playing the real instruments. Jack Black's best role. 
I don't most uh, likable role or best role? Best. Hmm. And um, save it for a Jack Black show. Wow, probably. Or I think so. Saving Silverman isn't bad. No, or, it's bad. I'd say this or Bernie. If you've seen Bernie, oh, Bernie's great. Bernie's an unusual pick, but yes. I, I can see where you're coming yeah, from. Yes. But I think this it's is the most. So, this is peak Jack Black. So Clue got a five on laughs for me, five out of ten. But Wit you got a, wit, a nine on Wit. Such it's, good dialogue. It's clever. It's it clever. Is, but it I, I never went. Ha ha. It is not laugh what? out loud. Fun. Yeah. There, Clue, there are two or three. Clue doesn't get me that way. But I, I talk about so right witty. now that made me laugh every time. And it's okay. when the candlestick falls. This isn't gonna make any sense. Explaining comedy is the worst. Yeah, it's the hardest. When the candlestick falls on his head, when he stomps his feet, and then when he, for some reason, when he's searching in the dark for a doorknob and he turns on the shower, mm-hmm. every time that gets me. Every time. Yeah. Uh, I'll play my hand right here at the beginning. This is a five-star movie for oh, me. Oh, I, I, I know. I you love, love this movie. I love Clue. <laughs> and every time I watch it, I just have a goofy grin on my face the entire time. Yeah. School of Rock, I enjoy. I'm not saying I don't enjoy. I own it, but I don't think it should be Going by the, the Zach Shelf recommendation, School of Rock every single time. Why? Yeah, I would, I would way rather watch School of Rock. But the thing is, the last got a three for me. The wit got a five, but heart is nine for School of Rock. School of Rock does have a very nice heart. But that's it. a little almost too sappy, where it's like, no, this is just a nice story with some sarcasm. It's not as funny inherently. I struggle with Clue. Oh, I, I don't. Yeah. I don't. The love game it. or the movie? Both. Okay. <laughs> I'm not good at either. I think Clue is endlessly clever. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost it's clever and it knows it and i'm cool with that it's mm-hmm. it's got a a certain smarmy charm to and it. it's a board game adaptation madeline khan madeline khan flames flames on the side, side of my, of my face. face once again improvised she is amazing but overall i find myself just i, I struggle with this movie i think it is a little slow mm-hmm. <gasps> and i think it is this the is the ultimate perfect halloween movie for people who don't like horror movies it is a provo theater person movie <laughs> And I wait, Provo theater person movie. Yes, you said that because you're a theater person. You oh. had to separate yourself. I, from oh, it. I, I'm I so not glad. a theater person. You, said, you told Joel, Joel you loved him before the show. I, yes, I no, I, I I I know this movie's place in in the grand cinema, but it really is in the hearts of the more theatrical person. Yeah, I think there is not a ton of wide appeal to Clue. And and I, I should clarify, Clue is more farce comedy, mm-hmm. meaning True. Uh, it's singular uh, area, but. Uh, Unique situations, goofy situations happening in this singular area and right. lots of entries and exits and mistaken identities. That's what it's all about. School of Rock is much more... The comedy there mostly comes from Jack Black, honestly. Yeah. He is the comedic... It's it's kids saying inappropriate things to him and vice versa. Yeah. That's about what it comes down to. Is he mm-hmm. said something yes. he shouldn't say in front of kids and then the kids will say something uh, overly intelligent Out of character. Back. Right. When, when the movie came out, I was pretty anti-Jack Black. I didn't watch it for a long time. Hmm. And then for some reason, honestly, when Jack Black started up a YouTube page and I saw him and, and thought, you know, I've always thought the shtick was a bit much. Jack Black is kind of, honestly, he's he is the last remnants of 90s comedy. Yeah, he is. You know, he uh, he's more cut from the Chris Farley cloth than, mm-hmm. than the Jason. Especially Dick now. Cloth. He's leaning into it pretty yes. hard. Um and, and that kind of bothered me for a long time. And then I realized that's just who he is. And right. I kind of accepted him. Uh, and, and after doing that, I enjoy School of Rock more. And uh, for me, in terms of comedy and laughs, uh, I, I'm actually going to take School of Rock. Okay. That'll but, be my vote. But Clue takes the win on this one. It is. I, just, I thought you voted School of Rock. No. Uh, he it, said in the Zach test. Yeah, in the Zach test, of Rock. which I'm now going to have to reconsider for comedies. But no, it is just a more funny movie. The wit wins me over for Clue. Wow! I would like to I would like to point out that the Zach test may have lost, but we all know it really won. (laughs) That's not how this works. (laughs) Logic on bacon cell. Clue moves on. Just checking. Everything all right? Yep. Two corpses. Everything's fine. 
Next up, we have The Naked Gun. Incompetent police detective Frank Drebin must foil an attempt to assassinate the Queen. Versus Wayne's World. Two slacker friends try to promote their public access cable show. That is it. This is, is, is that ridiculous. That, that is uh, the description of that. Show. <laughs> that really is. Naked Gun is a spoof. It's parody. It is making fun of all these police shows that came out, and it is goofy through and through from yes. start to finish. Uh, did you guys watch it when you were kids? Yes. What version did you see? The Not TV the version edit. that came out in theaters. Because I watched this today, and I went, oh, I feel <laughs> awkward. There are so many awkward scenes. There are, but at the same time, like I, I really wish that the TV edits I watched as a kid were available today. Yeah. Because even Clearplay uh, or, or VidAngel, they jump over scenes. But back in the day, it was like they edited them. They had actual filmmaking edits. I had this nostalgic moment as I'm watching the opening credits and you see the police siren, right? You're following the cop car and it's going on the roller coaster. And I was like, or in the locker room, I was like, I totally forgot about this. And it brought me right back to when I was like 10 watching yeah. this this show. Oh, it's so ridiculous. Yeah. It, it is it is dumb humor. And sometimes I think you really need dumb humor. Yes. And then and it's get, starring Leslie Nielsen, who is the king of this. He, he kind of creates his own genre. He honestly. is one of those that plays it plays the straight man so well that you don't realize he's being funny. Yeah, it loops around to being like hysterical, yes. even though he's he's playing it so serious. It's it, it very, well, he's, he's judging the two. The Naked Gun critically is way more loved. Yes. Empire gave it number three on top comedies of all time. Mm-hmm. Rankers number ten. Siskel and Ebert loved it. Right. It also made more money than Wayne's World. No, no, Wayne's World. Wayne's World got that edge. Okay, That's right there. I could see that happening. But I Wayne's World is more the comedy there. It's an SNL skit about these two idiots. Uh, what is the comedy? Say. Garth is Garth the comedy Wayne's in that movie? The comedy too, because he speaks in such a, a high way, like yeah. not high like drugs, but like high. He, uh, sophisticated. He speaks like a Canadian slacker. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, but I love both these movies, and they have basically the same rating in my book. Really, that's a problem. Zach, start us off. I don't like the parody genre that much. It, this We're going to do a full show on parodies. This isn't for me. Um, <laughs> oh, I love them. So and much. I think it's a. I think Naked Gun is aged poorly. I uh, I, I feel un, a little bit uncomfortable watching it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. I, Are you I, saying it's aged poorly because O.J. Simpson stars in it? Maybe. He's <laughs> not in it very much. The baseball scene at the end is a, is great. Yeah. This has baseball in it, Zach. I love baseball. But uh, for me, Wayne's World is a movie that, I, I mean, I would put it on and just like brush my dog. And like, it's it's okay. a good background but, movie. Will, don't you, know? you feel like that Wayne's World, and I'm not, I, I'm saying this knowing that I love both these movies, but don't you think Wayne's World was very much a product of its time? Like it, I don't know if it translates well Nowadays, I think because we love the characters, it works for us. And for me, this is 90s comedy without being over the top. This isn't Jim Carrey, Chris Farley. This is a little bit more subdued. Joel, you could say the same thing about The Naked Gun because it does feel like a 70s police procedural Mm -hmm. with over the top antics. The thing about spoof comedies that I really enjoy, and this is just my personal taste. I know you guys aren't going to agree with this, is the laughs per minute. Mm -hmm. It is like there's something visual happening. There's something verbal happening or there's something like uh, something else happening in the background that's going on. And the way they do the script, the verbal and the visual together, it's constant funny the yeah. whole time. And every time you watch it, there's a new gag you may have missed before. Yes. I love watching Naked Gun uh, for that reason, as well as most spoof movies. Honestly, this birthed uh, Family Guy. I mean, that, that's, that's... Don't put that's that, that, family guy. Don't put that in there. I'm going to go next. Naked Gun. Naked Gun. Yeah. For you. What? I don't... I, I just told you I love these movies yep, both equally. That's why I want to put this on you. Yeah. That is disgusting. I, I love them equally too, but just for fun, Naked Gun. <laughs> Which Mike Myers, Dana Carvey make such a good pair. They do. Although apparently Mike Myers is a bit of a drama queen yeah, on he set. Is. Yeah. Like one time when he stormed he off the set because he didn't have margarine for his bagel, I think it was. Wow. I mean, you think about these pop culture 
things or sayings that came from uh, Wayne's World, like, you know, swing and shit. Yeah. That's what she said. Party on. Yep. Car. Not. Game on. Game on. Oh, oh I use that in my daily life. Yeah. I, I did that the other day. We were playing in the street and I went, car, game on. Nobody, uh, nobody quotes Naked Gun. One of my I don't even have a gun. Oh, I, I do, but that's just me. Yeah. Uh, and I think one of my favorite moments in Naked Gun is the sponsor part when mm-hmm. they talk about how they, they, they don't want to be sponsored, but they're wearing like clothes. Oh, and Wayne's World? And, yeah, yeah, Wayne's World. Yeah. I think that is one of the funniest scenes in the entire movie. I love the uh, music video part of the Naked Gun when there's a whole montage and then he walks away and you see the, yeah. the credits for a music video. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, that was brilliant. It's clever. Yeah. yeah. That's good stuff. There is certainly, I think the sight gags in Naked Gun. And that's what the movie is. And, and there, there actually are a surprising amount of sight gags in Wayne's World as mm-hmm. well. But that's where the Naked Gun excels. <sighs> what do you think, Joel? I'm going to have to go objective here because I can't pick. <laughs> it's You're early rid of Wayne's world. It's I'm, early. Going, I'm going with the higher seed. I'm going with Naked Gun. Well, man, I'm not doing well on this bracket. I don't want to eliminate Wayne's world though, because it is amazing. It has more heart. How much this movie had an influence on music. Yeah. Like Bohemian Rhapsody. Bohemian Rhapsody brought Queen back into the You spotlight. knew who Alice Cooper a- was after this movie. It is the only SNL sketch. I think that successfully translated to a movie, right? AMC gremlin with flames. <laughs> That's the car. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, Wayne's World. I'm disappointed, but I understand. That's this bracket. The Naked Gun moves on. He's Caucasian. Caucasian? Yeah, you know, a white guy with a mustache about six foot three. Not a big mustache. Next, we have Office Space. Three company workers who hate their jobs decide to rebel against their greedy boss, I guess. <laughs> That's really not what it's about whatsoever. No. Versus Cloudy with a chance of meatballs. A local scientist is often regarded as a failure until he invents a machine that can make food fall from the sky. Yeah. Heart yeah, meter. Did you see the memo about this? Heart meter. TPS reports. So I... That'd be great. I yeah. know. Office Space, uh, you got... A cult favorite. It, Ron Livingston. I don't know if you know who he is, but if you saw me, like, oh, that guy. Michael Cole. Or, uh, sorry, Gary Cole. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer Aniston is in this movie for like five minutes. Yeah, right. But uh, she was a big I think she was there to sell it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, totally. Clyde Chance-Miles is our first animated... Pick on and I here. try to vote against these, but this movie is genuinely funny. That's what we were we were saying. Maybe we should save it for a family bracket down the right. road. But I I made the case that this movie is more funny than family. This is mm-hmm. really just a bunch of comedy. You got Bill Hader, Bill Hader is Fares, very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Con, Andy Samberg, Bruce Campbell, Mr. T. Yeah, uh, Neil Patrick Harris as a monkey. Yeah, but it's genuinely funny. I am going to put play my cards right here at the table right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people think Office Space is one of the funniest movies of all times. It makes me more sad than than. Does it really? Laugh. I watch it and I get this feeling of like, oh, they're trapped. Is it because you're yeah. in a job like that? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, don't say. No, it, but I think like, we all understand in I corporate feel bad culture. For the characters in corporate culture, we all feel like that character. I think it's just a bleak outlook on on adulthood and corporate life, and there's no way out of it. Let me ask you this. Let me let me, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Steep, steep, my stapler. Do do I like this movie? Yes. I'm not saying I don't like Office Space. Yeah, it has not as high rated. Has Office Space been invalidated by The Office? I, I, I feel bad because I know that without Office Space, there would probably be yeah, no... Yeah. I'm saying office. legacy, not invalidation. I think I think The Office has overwritten the ideas that The Office Space was trying to put out. And I when this movie And done so more out, positively. This was a little um, disappointing at the box office. Mike Judge, who created who also created Beavis and Butthead, he, he created this movie and it was kind of disappointing at the box office. And he was like, oh, it didn't go anywhere. I feel bad for it. But then he says he gets... He said, quote... Uh, 
Jim Carrey invited me to his house. Chris Rock left me the best voicemail ever. I had dinner with Madonna. Like these, yeah. he, it was getting noticed. He was at a Starbucks one time and the employees were quoting the boss like, yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to have a come in no. on Saturday. He went and he thought it was because he was in the room, but then they asked him, they turned to him and it's like, oh, have you seen Office Space? He created it. Wow. No, Mike Judge is an ironic prophet. What yeah. he did with this movie in Idiocracy, which also failed, he saw into the future and goes, that's reality. Uh, yeah. But I'm going to find I'm going to find the funny 20 years previous. Uh, for me, it's office space all day. I think it's super underrated. I like the fact that underrated? it's a cult. It's a cult favorite. And I think more people should know it and should like it. But you're right. It's a little grim, but a little I grim and a little raunchy. Sure. Like, that's the thing is that one, that was a turnoff for me about office space. I was like, wow, they really leaned into that. And it's I, Mike Judge's style. Cloudy with a chance of meatballs is a lot of self back padding. I think it's like, look how clever we are because they are. It is funny. It's really funny, but I it's really enjoy self-congratulatory. And it's one I can watch with the whole family and we can all laugh together. True. I tried to put on office space for my kids and they're like, dad, we don't get it. We don't work in corporate office. <laughs> Soon kids. Why are they saying that word over and over again where they're beating that printer? <laughs> Zach, what do you think? I'm really torn. I think actually this is a terrible matchup. Yeah. The, the, Blame nothing IMDb. to do with each movies, other. Uh, it's be apples more, and oranges. Could not be more different. Apples uh, and giant oranges. I think Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs is a, a great surprise. I didn't expect it to be as good as it was. I didn't expect to enjoy it. So I think it it vastly overachieves. Office Space, when I watched it, I was a little underwhelmed because to me and in my circles... Was that the one you watched recently in preparation for the show or do you know it? No, I I, I saw it when I was in in college and I just heard so many people talking about it like, oh, it's the greatest thing. And I had... I, I do think The Office has kind of broken Office Space. I had seen the, maybe the first three seasons of The Office by the time I watched Office Space. Okay. And to me, I just, I was like, oh, I get what's going on here. I, I don't know that I love it, though. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a cult classic that's, you know, maybe just not for me as much. So as much as I think that uh, Office Space is maybe more deserving, my personal vote goes to Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. <sighs> okay. <sighs> Zach, no matter what happens after this, we had this moment. We did. We did. <laughs> it's um, going to get a lot worse, Joel. I may point a out a lot worse that I we're going to tick off a lot of people because Clouds Chance Meatballs is an underground pick. I voted for the newer movie and every matchup so far. Cloudy with a chance of meatballs moves on. Everything's made of jello. This piano, those sconces, that ghetto blaster, that jello. Now we have Ghostbusters. Three parapsychologists forced out of their university funding set up shop as unique ghost removal service. What? <laughs> it's Ghostbusters. <laughs> Don't finish this. It makes no sense. Yeah, that, I was reading that. I was like, what is happening right now? It's Ghostbusters. <laughs> they bust ghosts. Versus bridesmaids. Competition between the maid of honor and a bridesmaid over who is the bride's best friend threatens to upend the life of an out-of-work pastry now, chef. Ghostbusters, you got Dan Aykroyd, Hale Ramis, Bill Murray, Sigourney Weaver, Rick Moranis. Yeah, bridesmaids has Kristen Wiig, Maya Rudolph, Rose Byrne, and Melissa McCarthy. I was surprised... Pink and Melissa this, McCarthy. This is years ago. I was surprised yeah. by how much I enjoyed Bridesmaids. And like how much wait, heart the first it hour had. and forty minutes up until the last forty minutes. It's a long one. Paul Feig movies are very long. Yeah, so long. So they're like Judd Apatow. When movies. we were watching these movies in prep, I comedies are generally speaking hour and a half, a tight hour Don't and a half it? or under. Yeah, and it's great for shows like this because I can watch them real quick. Mm-hmm. And this one I did go, wow, it's over two hours. That's a little exhausting for comedy. You get tired after laughing for a yeah. while. Even though we've all seen Kristen Wiig on SNL, like she's so funny in this movie. When she, she takes the relaxation pills on the plane. Oh, yeah. I, and it feels like an SNL sketch. It is classic. But she's I, also able to handle the uh, emotional parts as well and yeah. be so relatable. Totally. She does. She plays a little bit more straight for the most part. And mm-hmm. I think that works in her favor here yeah. as well. Rose Byrne is hilarious so good. in Bridesmaids. I, I generally don't care for 
bathroom humor. But but, the, but oh trying on the dress scene, heavens. it's hilarious. Walking across the street and then oh giving up. Oh, my good heavens. It's because it's, it, it's so uncomfortable. It is. Uh-huh. And this, and we should all hate it that. It, it's, it's it is. So I, I am not. Gross out humor is not my thing. I think it's a cheap way to get a laugh. That moment makes me laugh. I think it's because they set it up perfectly. Yeah. Right. They set it up as yeah. a situation that we as as a general society fear. Mm-hmm. You do not want that to happen. Yes. You do not want to get stomach problems when you're trying on a wedding dress. Right. It is one of the best comedies of the 2010s. Yes. It's, it not, is, it's probably in the top five. A genre definer. Really. Yes. It, like, it also leans heavily into the vulgar, too. And mm-hmm. I think almost to a detriment, I think this would have got a much better reaction if it were down in the PG-13 realm. Yeah, I, I think, think it, it was get, trying to match Judd Apatow and what he was oh, yeah. pulling this, up this, with this, this Raider on comedy kind of thing. And yeah. yeah, It tries to give it an edge, though. I well, think that these is. movies succeeded because they did have a little bit of an, an edge. I think the, a little bit of an edge is good. I think they lean to it, and it, almost to a detriment where I feel like sometimes I feel like female comedians don't feel like they're going to be taken seriously by an audience, and so they lean into the vulgar or the gross-out comedy in order to get the laugh. Okay. And I don't think it's necessary. I, I can think, see that. I think some of the funniest parts of this movie are not necessarily those crude parts right like all the stuff with john ham could be cut out and was cut out in my version and <laughs> well, it's okay this is a movie that's played on tbs all the time right. so you know it's going out edited a lot of people have seen this movie edited mm-hmm. i think regardless it you know just because the content might not be something that jives with you doesn't make it less funny necessarily uh, this right. is a very funny movie well and also the academy enjoyed it melissa mccarthy got an academy award nomination wow for best supporting actress i love it she's great in this movie but the she, other movie is ghostbusters okay that moves on well but but let's <laughs> talk about that though because this is a comedy bracket yeah is ghostbusters Wait, a comedy talking about ghostbusters Kristen wig melissa mccarthy oh stop it oh no oh no oh, <laughs> oh my gosh i just realized How that dare you <laughs> get name oh huh. is ghostbusters a comedy or is it a humorous horror movie you're saying you don't laugh out loud. I'm saying this is a, this is a weird, almost genreless movie. I'm going to defer to the American Film Institute about Ghostbusters because it was ranked number 28 on okay. 100 Years 100 Joel, Laugh List. Yeah, I looked at that list too. All those movies are geriatric. <laughs> oh, what's they, wrong with geriatrics? <laughs> nothing. But those movies, I think Ghostbusters is probably the newest one on the list. Probably. But I do feel like Ghostbusters is a comedy simply just because it's a horror I think it's more comedy than horror. Because the, the horror comedians in it and placed in the situations Remove they're in. Bill Murray, and it's, it's not necessarily a comedy anymore. Bill Murray definitely is the he, crux of the Dan comedy. Dan Aykroyd has some great lines Rick Moranis, as well. He does. I really like Rick Moranis in this Rick Moranis He makes great. me laugh. But also it's situational. But Rick Moranis is great in everything. So That's true. But yeah, it's, it is more of a situational comedy. It's funny because of the circumstance. Mm-hmm. It's, it is, I think, quotable, specifically Bill Murray. I think just because it's a good movie, we see it as more comedic because it's just the total package, right? Yes, but it's not hilarious. If it, yeah, I laugh a lot. Yeah, I, I think there are more laughs per minute in Bridesmaids. I, may I think agree it with is that. A, as a pure comedy. Bridesmaids does better. Ghostbusters is on my on my list of, of uh, my. It's one of my clue, Joel. It's it's essentially one of my uh, perfect movies. Right. Yes. I love it. Yeah, it's a five star for me too. But I, I I feel weird. Well, look, you're making a case for future rounds. I vote Ghostbusters. I vote Ghostbusters. Pity vote. Okay. To, to Bridesmaids. Okay. Fair. There we go. Pity vote. Always the bridesmaid, never the winner of this bracket. Ne- that's, that's, that's me in general. <laughs> Ghostbusters moves on. I collect spores, molds, and fungus. Yes. I love this matchup. Okay. You love have, this matchup? I do. So much. Well, I mean, I hate it, but I love these movies. Okay. Shrek 2. Shrek and Fiona travel to the kingdom of far, far away where Fiona's parents are king and queen to celebrate their marriage. When they arrive, they find they are not as welcome as they thought they might Absolutely. be. Versus Tommy Boy. After his auto parts tycoon father dies, the overweight, underachieving son teams up with a snide accountant to try and save the family business. 
Okay, so uh, let's go with Shrek 2. Came out in 2004. This is our highest grossing movie. The highest grossing movie of 2004. By the way, no, 2004? The high, highest grossing movie on our bracket. Yeah, that. but also, it's crazy. 2004 had amazing movies that year. Yeah, this movie beat... S- Spider-Man 2. Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. <laughs> and The Incredibles. Wow. Shrek 2 beat all of them. Because Shrek 2 rocks. So good. <laughs> so the cast for Shrek 2 voice cast is Mike Myers, Eddie Murphy, Cameron Diaz, Antonio Banderas. And then we have Tommy Boy, which is Chris Farley and David Spade. And this is a fun matchup because the original voice of Shrek was Chris Farley. Yeah. And he was actually working on Shrek. That was his, uh, his uh, last He did movie. some voice tracks kind and of. then he passed away before they finished. Now, uh, this is weird, but I've always appreciated Black Sheep more than Tommy Boy. What? what? I gotta put it out there. You like did Nick you Nolte that, that much? As a kid? <laughs> <laughs> no, for me, it's the bunk bed scene. I find it so funny. So funny. It gets really? me every single time. Tommy Boy, I had not seen since puberty. Yeah. I grew up watching this movie. It's such I, an early Like 90s so Utah many movie. kids. Yeah. I, I said, son of a, all yep. the time. Because Tommy says this a hundred times in oh, the movie. It, it is absolutely true. There's so many things I quote because of Tommy Boy. Oh, Polish Nikes. Yeah. That guy in a little coat. Yep. Although I do think to truly appreciate Tommy Boy, you had to have been a teenage boy in 1995 when the movie came out. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Because I'm watching it again. I'm like, I'm enjoying this. I know the entire movie by heart, but I know this is going to annoy whoever I'm watching with because Chris Farley's sense of humor, that loud, bombastic, brash uh, humor, and David Spade's cynicism doesn't go well with some people. They make a great pair to me. I actually Uh, like David Spade in this movie quite a bit. I think Chris Farley's a bit annoying. I I mentioned a little bit earlier off mic, but uh, this is one of the movies that I had to rewatch because I thought that... Time might not be kind to it. And mm. I, I I found myself really not liking Farley in this movie. Really? I thought I, I would be okay with it. So the first probably 30 minutes of the movie, I really don't like. And then they hit the road. Yes, and then the it's, road trip aspect. Then it's it's David Spade and it's Chris Farley. You know, yeah, Richard best and Tommy. Right. And I, I thought it would be the case, and it definitely was. When I was a kid, I liked Tommy. As an adult, I like Richard. That's just I it. find Richard yep. so funny yeah. in this movie now. Right. He's so good with those little one-liners. Yes. I love one of my favorite moments. We'll talk about comedic moments. One of my favorite moments in Tommy Boy is when they're changing the radio station. It gets on the Carpenter uh, song. Mm-hmm. And he's <laughs> like, you change it. Yeah, I'm fine with it if you're fine with it. And then it shows, cuts to them singing and crying. Don't you remember? Okay. You told so, me love me. Which I have ripped off in some of my movies. But Zach, kids. Ghostbusters argument. Is Shrek 2 hilarious? Or is it just really clever? Shrek 2 it's really clever. Shrek 2 moments. is hilarious. There are moments where I laughed out loud watching Shrek 2 again mm. to get prepped for this show. Pinocchio, for example. Pinocchio, Pinocchio the <laughs> yeah. at lying is great. Mm. And Puss in Boots. Puss in Boots Puss is great. Boots. Puss in Boots is great. That is what pushes. Like, I, I, I'm I, actually not a huge fan of the Shrek franchise, like Zach here. Not uh, even three? What? <laughs> I'm joking. The one with Justin Timberlake? <laughs> well, meaning like I, overall, I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's Shrek. It's fine. Yeah. But Shrek 2... Puss in Boots puts it over the edge where yeah. Antonio Banderas coming in as the Zorro type character when he just came off playing the Mask of Zorro right. was brilliant to me. And even watching it again, I'm like, this is so good. And, and the it, soundtrack is an all-timer. Oh, both of these, I think, yeah. have fantastic The giant Boy and scene too. is yeah. amazing. Mongo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Which is a reference, by the way, to Blazing Saddles, I found out. Oh, yeah. I guess it is. But every time Puss in Boots does his little his cat eyes, I just crack up. And the ending... That's one thing you mentioned, Hart Kent. Yeah, the ending here with uh, the fairy godmother singing "I Need a Hero." It is an amazing action sequence in a stupid animated movie. I shouldn't say stupid, but like it's an animated movie, but it feels like a real action movie. Yeah, totally. You're getting pumped up during that part. When I watch, we're spending so much time on this. When I watch Tommy Boy, 
I thought I didn't really care for it. And then again, we get to the road trip scene. Uh, I mean, the, <laughs> we killed Bambi. I, I, I was laughing. I was very entertained. What made Tommy Boy better is the next day I went into work and started talking about it with people. And we all started quoting it together. And the part where, and, and it, it, it is definitely a movie that you look back on and think, wow, there are some really funny moments. And Shrek 2, I love it, but it doesn't have as many of those. Mm-hmm. So again, as a comedy, Tommy Boy probably succeeds a little bit more. Shrek 2, I have no problem saying this. Shrek 2 is a better movie. It is. Yeah, easily. Shrek 2 is why I love Shrek. But are we doing film of films or are we doing comedy of comedies? Well, see, for me, if it's a comedic thing, I think the wit in Shrek is far better than anything in Tommy Boy. I may not laugh out loud as much, but it's so much more witty. And to me, that's comedy. Yeah. So, yeah, my vote's for Shrek 2. Easily. Did you vote, Zach? Not officially. So can I vote then? Go ahead. This is difficult for me because both of these, these have the same rating. Why do I do this to myself? But I think out of the two, out of Tommy Boy and Shrek 2, Shrek 2 has the more timeless comedy, which is weird to say because they're always very... Yeah, it's a parody. Data in their references. Yeah, right. But I'm going to vote for Shrek 2. What? I was certain you are going to vote for Tommy Boy. Are you I, sure? I, I enjoyed Tommy Boy and I smiled the whole time I was watching it, but I think I laughed more as I was watching Shrek 2. Okay. Well, comedy of comedies, you, that, that last little, little argument you made to me actually won me over. Tommy Boy is, my, is a more of a comedy of comedy. Shrek is a more movie of movies. Uh, by the way, Tommy Boy is on Ebert's most hated list. And as much he as, hates every comedy in oh, the 90s, but this I one swear. Like, this is like one of the worst ones. Wow. Was. But also, we think of David Spade and Chris Farley as super friends. Mm-hmm. They fought a lot during the filming of this movie. Really? Like constantly. And they had to keep reconciling and they had to <laughs> communicate through the director. Like it was, it was bad. You know who's terrible in this movie? Rob Lowe. <laughs> He's so bad. <laughs> and he did it as a favor. He's awful. <laughs> Bo yeah. Derek, terrible. So Zach, you would have said, I Tommy probably Boy. would have, I would have had a lot of debate. Gone against I'm your heart. I'm tr- also trying to go against my own bias. Yeah. I talk about Shrek so much on this show. <laughs> it's a lot. We haven't retired it yet. So I, I guess I would have voted for Tommy Boy. Not that it matters, but you can't keep putting yourself in the victim position, Zach. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter, but <laughs> it matters. You to guys say- know I love Shrek. Yeah. I'm not mad at all. I'm not sure anymore. I just I have to vote for the older. I'm questioning sometimes. your Shrek love. <laughs> Shrek is love. Shrek is life. Please, please don't look at that up. <laughs> Shrek two moves on. Nice. Are we there? Are we yet? there yet? Hey, that's, hey, not that's not funny. Hey, that's really ah, immature. Really immature. See, this is why See, nobody this is why likes, no one likes ogres. All right, you're All lost. right, you're lost. I'm gonna just stop talking. Next is the Emperor's new groove. Emperor Cusco's turned to a llama no. by his ex administrator Yzma, and now must regain his throne with the help of Pacha, the gentle llama herder. And Mean Girls. Katie Heron is a hit with the plastics, the A-list click at her new school until she makes a mistake of falling for Aaron Samuels, the ex-boyfriend of Alpha Plastic Regina George. Oof. As a, as a millennial here, I'm just going to say goodnight. No, I'm good. We're done. This is over. So yeah. I cannot decide. Speaking of millennial. Because these are the two most like quoted these millennial shows. These are the two shows. most quoted millennial shows. Eh? Maybe gotcha. ever. Emperor's New Groove came out in December of 2000. Mean Girls came out on April 30th of 2004. I honestly wish okay. that uh, Emperor's New Groove was matched up against Tommy Boy. Because as I was watching Tommy Boy, uh-huh. I was just reminded of Cusco yeah, the, the dynamic. whole time. Sure. Richard is Cusco. And this is another animated against live action, which is a little difficult to do. 
Okay, so I pulled up some of my favorite scenes of Emperor's New Groove. Some of the stuff we haven't talked about in every show that Kronk's been a part of, which is every He's been in a lot bracket. of our matter brackets. But when Yzma is lifting up her dress, and I bet you weren't expecting this, and they scream, no. <laughs> and then they see a knife, and they go, oh, that's okay. I will never not laugh at when Kronk opens the door, and he's like, wow, what are the odds of the door opening right here? For some reason, every time my it gets me. My favorite kind of throwaway that's near the end when he's like, for the last time, we did not order a giant trampoline. <laughs> you could have told me that before I set it up. And then they slam into it. Yeah. No, no. He's got a point. <laughs> Bring it on. Yeah. The angel, the shoulder angel, shoulder devil of Kronk. So great. Mean Girls is one of those that I avoided when it came out because I didn't like Tina Fey or her comedy. I and, didn't like Lindsay you, Lohan. Yeah, same. But you couldn't fight the fact that it's so dang clever. And it it's is. so well written. Yeah. Just as a comedy. It's it's based off a book uh, called Queen Bees and Wannabes, which is actually nonfiction. Mm-hmm. It's about mean girls in high school. And then Tina Fey took it and turned it into this. By the way, if Madeline Kahn is the queen of this bracket, Rachel McAdams is the princess. Okay, here's the thing. I don't really care for Rachel McAdams, <gasps> I think. How? All that much. Dare you. But um, I watched another movie with her just this evening, okay. and I was kind of shocked. Like, as Regina George, she's yeah. completely different. And right. against... She, uh, well, she's, she's kind of like plain Jane in so many movies, she right? She does a good job. Yeah. She's, she's great Rachel here. McAdams is very good in Mean Girls. I don't generally like Lindsay Lohan, and she's great. That just goes to show that this is a magical movie. It Once is like the perfect storm. Funny moments from uh, Mean Girls. Uh, I really do enjoy Amanda Seyfried. This is her debut role, and she makes me laugh so she's much. Gretchen, Lace, the, Lacey Chabet. Chabet. Gretchen oh, yeah. Wieners. It's great. Yeah. yeah, she's great. I talk about making fetch happen all the time. I that say... Is- <laughs> I gotta cut that out. Intervention. Yeah, I say you go, Glenn Coco, more than I should. You go, Glenn Coco. Four for you, Glenn Coco. (laughs) This is really ridiculous. She doesn't even go here. That's general quote. I think the more straightforward comedy and probably the deserving winner is Mean Girls. The movie I prefer more as a movie is The Emperor's New Groove. I've seen that movie 20 times. What's your vote? Don't put me here first. Then I'll vote. I will vote for the animated one once again, and I will go for The Emperor's New Groove. This is not an easy vote, but we need to get through these a little faster. Zach, go. My time for watching Mean Girls is probably over. As a dad, I'm going to watch Emperor's New Groove many, many, many more times in my life, and I will enjoy it. That said, I have seen Mean Girls so many times. So it good. was like it's so good. A, a bunch of us guys in college, we're in our our, our, our apartment, and we're all watching Mean Girls. <laughs> so good because it was so funny. It's Almost so funny. Every movie it on still this is. bracket is a four star and above for me. Only yeah. very few have gone below that. This, I don't think any are below a three. This is an impossible matchup. I will be happy with the result no matter what. But I'm going to pick Mean Girls. <gasps> it's on Kent's shoulders. <laughs> Pull the lever, Kent. Why do we even have that lever? The Emperor's <laughs> New Groove goes on. <laughs> I'm so sorry, no, I'm happy. but it got slightly above on the quotes for me. So the wit is about the same. The laughs out loud is about the same, but quotes are a little bit higher. Whoa. Two, both animated movies made it through. Yeah. Wow. Emperor's New Groove moves on. Actually, all three. Oh, right. The poison, the poison for Cusco, the poison chosen specially to kill Cusco, Cusco's poison. Now we, ooh, this is an interesting one. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. A high school wise guy is determined to have a day off from school to, despite what the principal thinks of that. I love IMDb. Oh, no. Versus Napoleon Dynamite. A listless and alienated teenager to find. <laughs> this is so dumb. It's Napoleon Dynamite. He lives in Preston, Idaho and likes tots. <laughs> tots. <laughs> this is so tough because, obviously, if you don't know, Bacon Sales recorded in Utah. And uh, this is uh, Napoleon Dynamite is very near and dear to Utah's hearts. Mm-hmm. Because, and Idahoans. Well, because it's about Idaho, Utah's hat. <laughs> like Canada's America's hat? Yeah. I watched Ferris Bueller with my kids the other week. 
and uh, not even knowing that it was on this list. And I didn't laugh a ton. Neither did they. It's not laugh but, out But loud the funny. fourth wall bricks are genuinely funny. Whenever he does that, it's great. And then the rest of the movie, because I'm old now, I go, I'm Cameron. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. no. Cameron being his friend that's not as uh, and anxious and, and depressed. Uh, I think that Matthew Broderick is outstanding. In outstanding. This role. He is so, so good. so good. You know what? The, the, the thing I like about this matchup and I hate about this matchup is that these are both so non-mean spirited. There's not a mean no. bone in either one of these movies' bodies where they're just there to have a good time and do their thing and they're not, they're, it's not, I don't know, mean for lack of a better word. Yeah. Uh, but okay. I, I'll say this. I didn't grow up with Ferris Bueller's Day Off. We didn't watch it a ton. I don't quote it. I know about it from a pop culture standpoint okay. more right. than a movie. That's a good thing to say because Napoleon Dynamite, it was quoted so much, it became the new Austin Powers. It, ad nauseum. Which, by it, the way, did not make... Which no is one, crazy. No one submitted Austin Powers for this entire bracket. People might not like Napoleon Dynamite because it was so popular. It's like that song on the radio we did. The It's so dated. Yes. It's Napoleon not Dynamite? funny anymore. Kip is the only still funny part of that movie. But it's funny. I think it's funny. It's funny for my it. nostalgia. And because of that, I'm voting Napoleon Dynamite. So Kip, Over Ferris. This is a problem for me because Ferris Bueller's Day Off is my it, it has a, favorite For me, it has a time. heart of a nine, and the wit is still about an eight, whereas the wit of Napoleon Dynamite is about a two for me. No, there's a, it's a different kind of comedy. I know, it's, 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 it's slice of life humor, I, and that's about a shallow as I can as understand, knowing you, Kent, that mm-hmm. you would not like this movie. Yeah. Loved it back in the day. Yeah. But just like Cafe Rio, I've grown tired of it. <laughs> Like wow. that reminds me of the mid two thousands as well. Yeah, sure. I'm going Ferris Bueller. Yeah, but it, but it plays a bunch of '80s songs, so it helps it be a little bit more timeless. I guess. I may have. This is difficult because I may have laughed more than Napoleon Dynamite the first time I saw it. Yeah. But I want I watch Ferris Bueller so much more often, and I enjoy it so much every time. But do I laugh as much? You probably don't. But for me, wit is part of that. We've used this before. It's Ferris Bueller might be a better movie. But laughs per minute may not be the only factor because yes, I, I'm laughing more. But still, there's that there's it's clever funny, stuff that you smile there's at. The museum scene in Ferris Bueller where you're like, "What am I watching?" Oh, I love that part. <laughs> you love it, but it's not funny. It's not funny, but it's it's. But there's it's so deep. much in Napoleon Dynamite, it's nails on a chalkboard to me at this point. I love Napoleon Dynamite. I love Ferris Bueller's Day Off, but Joel, I'm going to have to go objective here. Do you have a pick for Daddy? <laughs> <laughs> well played. Oh, that was a good one. Uh, gosh, why are you making me pick? <laughs> no. Um, okay, I'm just going to objective here because I can't decide, so I'm going to go with the IMDb ranking, and that goes to Ferris Bueller's Day Off with uh, a 7.8, wow. whereas Napoleon Dynamite has a 6.9. We just upset some people. We did, but at the same time, I also feel like Napoleon Dynamite's humor is... It's unsettling at first. Like the first, like I think David Letterman said it best. Like the first time I watch it, you're like, Ugh. but then the second time you watch it, you're like, it does ah. have lines that we st- probably still use. Like I guess you could say it's getting pretty serious. Yeah, mm-hmm. we still use that. Gosh, no, Man. no, no one says that anymore. Okay, they do, <laughs> Tina. Uh, but it is funny because like this little movie that could, uh, like they only made it for like four hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, ended up making like forty six million dollars at the box office. John Heater, by the way, only got paid one thousand uh, at wow. first. Wow. Yeah. And I have he done made the, great films after that. I've done the Napoleon mm-hmm. Dynamite tour, meaning mm-hmm. I've gone up to Preston and went to all the Judd's. places. I am going or to... what is that place called in... Oh, it's a different place. Yeah. But I went to like the chicken farm, into the playground, into the houses. We, we, we have spent way too much time. Yeah, yes. We have. But I want to do that one day with Ferris Bueller's where we're, I was going We're only that. halfway through the first round. Oh! <laughs> Ferris Bueller's day off moves on. Bueller. 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 Now it's Groundhog no! Day. <laughs> This is a final two. A narcissistic, self-centered weatherman finds himself in a time loop on Groundhog Day, and the day keeps repeating until he gets it right. 
I, I like that I'm surprised by this because I'm not looking at the bracket. I'm looking at my notes. Versus three amigos. Three actors accept an invitation to a Mexican village to perform their on-screen bandit fighter roles, unaware that it is a real thing. In my notes, I was writing the directed by, and I put Groundhog Day is directed by Harold Ramos. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? So John Landis for Three Amigos, Harold Ramos, Ramos for Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day came out in 93. Three Amigos came out in 86. Yep. Peak Bill Murray. So Groundhog Day is number one comedy of all time by Empire. Uh, 34 on at the AFI list. Ranker gave it number 35. Three Amigos is number 23 on Empire and number 31 on timeout.com. The better movie is Groundhog Day. Funnier movie. The is funnier three movie is Three Amigos. Funnier, like quotable. I laugh every time I watch Three Amigos. I think because of the dynamic. It's it's Chevy Chase, Steve Martin, and Martin Short. The chemistry between those yes. three and their different styles of stupidity makes me laugh every time. This is a flavor situation. Just the part when they drink tequila and they have that little pause and then they all go hey and yeah, but Ned for some reason Ned Ryerson. Ned Niederlander. Ned Niederlander. <laughs> oh, is it Ned Niederlander? It's the Battle of the Nets. No, no that's it's the between, one. In, it's Groundhog okay. Day's Ned Ryerson. No, the, Three Amigos I think it's, this is a flavor thing. If you like Bill Murray, you're going to like Groundhog Day better. If you like Chevy Chase and Steve Martin, you're going to like Three Amigos Do we have better. to like Chevy Chase in order to like Three Amigos? I, I think he's a... He has a definite style of comedy in that. And uh, that said, when he's it. drinking from his canteen and drinking all oh, that water... That is and one they're of my favorite staring, parts. And then he's like, you want some lip balm? They're in the middle of the desert. <laughs> the one has no water. One has sand. And the one has the whole big water thing. That oh, makes pours it all over his face. And Groundhog Day. I'm, I'm thinking about the parts that make me laugh out loud on Groundhog Day. It's basically Bill Murray being a jerk. When he punches Ned Ryerson in the face, that is a laugh out yeah. loud moment. Uh, Groundhog Day gets a little sappy for me. Really? A little bit. I do think uh, this Groundhog Day has an 8.0 on IMDb ranking, which mm-hmm. is really high for uh, IMDb for any of these comedies. And it's to me, I think it's one of the perfect movies out there because it does uh, tell the story of someone trying to better themselves and going through the stages of grief and just how we are happier in life by helping others. I think it's aged extremely well. When I watched That's it again true. last year, I was like, I like this more than when I was a kid. Fun fact, he actually picked, uh, the, the writer picked Groundhog Day because it was the next calendar, uh, next holiday on the calendar. Wow. And now there's a genre of, hey, it's like the Groundhog Day of this. Yes. This was yeah. not the first time, movie, time loop movie, but definitely... Okay, yes. I'm just throwing this out there. I think Groundhog Day is actually more funny. Really? I I, and I, I know think, I'm going to lose. I think Three Amigos is more funny mm-hmm. because I really like Steve Martin specifically. I will take Steve Martin over Bill Murray any day, any movie. Oof. We're not talking about dating. We're talking about movies, Zach. <laughs> I would date Steve Martin too. He'll play me the banjo. <laughs> he will. Okay, so it's on me. Yeah. I, I said it at the beginning. I'll say it again. Three Amigos is the funnier movie, but I think Groundhog Day is fantastic. So, but I'm giving the vote to Three Amigos. All right. That's an upset right there, gentlemen. They got to happen every once in a while. Three Amigos moves on. My little buttercup has the sweetest smile. Dear little buttercup, won't you stay a while? Next, we have Raising Arizona. When a childless couple, an ex-con and an ex-cop, decide to help themselves to one of another family's quintuplets, their lives become more complicated than they anticipated. And Anchorman. In the 1970s, an Anchorman stint as San Diego's top-rated newsreader is challenged when an ambitious newswoman becomes his co-anchor. Anchorman, the legend of Ron Burgundy. So yes. in Raising Arizona, you get Nicolas Cage and Holly Hunter. It came out in 1987. And then Anchorman, you get Will Ferrell and Christina Applegate and Paul Rudd and Steve Carell. It came out in 2004. Critically, these are about the same. Empire has about the same, Rolling Stone about the same. They're that close. Raising Arizona is more the Coen Brothers style yeah. of comedy, obviously, where it's like quirky people in weird situations. Yeah. 
Is there any quotes that anybody says from Raising Arizona? Oh, I am all the time. Really? Yes. Because I, I don't example, know them as well from pop culture. Okay, then. Like this, this repeated line. <laughs> no, it's this repeated line where yeah. every time someone says something shocking, someone else just goes, okay, then. Sure. Or, uh, son, you got a panty on your head. <laughs> Things like that. Every time, I just when the situation comes up, I will I will quote so Raising Arizona. I watched a couple of clips. I, I rewatched Raising Arizona today, and I, I think it's a delightful movie. Sure, I love it. And Nicolas Cage doing super great. I love Holly Hunter in this role. I I had never seen the movie yeah. until the lead up to this. But then it, you, it I good. I just had to watch one clip of Anchorman. Oh, so Jack Black falls off his his motorcycle, <laughs> and he, he basically the bike is ruined. He says, "I'm going to take what you love." And he, and he goes punts the dog, and he punts Baxter the off man of and the, the motorcycle. <laughs> And it it got me. I threw a burrito. Laughing out loud. So there's there's one movie that's really charming and delightful. Yes. And there's a movie that is overtly hilarious. Ra- Raising Arizona. Almost too much. But, but that the thing is like uh, Anchorman is definitely more slapstick, yes. gross out comedy. Whereas Raising Arizona is more witty, uh, witty and satire. Yeah. I think uh, Anchorman is laugh out loud funny and among one of the most quotable movies ever. And for that, there's no way I can't not vote for it. It's Anchorman for me. It is Anchorman. I vote for a, uh, Raising Arizona. Not even a pity vote. It's what I would have gone. But uh, you guys are just not in tune with humor. <laughs> <laughs> sure. See? We go against him once. There we go. Yeah. Anchorman moves on. Rick, I've been meaning to talk to you about that. You should find yourself a safe house or a relative close by. Lay low for a while because you're probably wanted for murder. Now we have dirty, rotten scoundrels. Two con men try to settle their rivalry by betting on who can swindle a young American heiress out of $50,000 first. Versus Wedding Crashers. I'm not going to go into the whole synopsis because it's so long, yeah. but a pair of committed womanizers sneak into weddings to take advantage of the romantic tinge in the air. Yeah. Mm. Dear Rotten Scoundrels, uh, directed by Frank Oz, came out in 1988 and has Steve Martin, Michael Caine, and Glenn Headley. Wedding Crashers came out in 2005. It's got Owen Wilson, Vince Vaughn, Christopher Walken, Rachel McAdams, and Isla Fisher. And Vince Amy, Vaughn Amy Adams. in his best role. <laughs> yeah, Amy Adams. This is peak Vince Vaughn. Peak Vince Vaughn. Everything so? he says, and it's it's crass uh, a lot. Arguably oh, Pico yeah. and Wilson. Oh, yeah, I would agree with that, too. Yeah. Everything Ooh, Vince Vaughn says Slander. is gold. It's, I think Vince I Vaughn. I will say peak Isla Fisher. That, too. Wedding Crashers. Yeah, see, that, there's a lot of peaks there. I wasn't... Uh, I'll... Well, this Car- is not your type of movie. This is a crass, crass comedy. I think crass comedy has its place in time. Like Bridesmaids, I actually do really enjoy. Yeah. I thought, and maybe it's just because the, the dirty parts were cut out, uh, but I thought it was a run-of-the-mill romantic comedy. But Isla Fisher, I was like, who is she? She is hilarious and beautiful, but hilarious. Yeah. So I am obviously going to vote here for she Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. She doesn't not look like your wife. I think, thank you. Uh, <laughs> I think that Mart, uh, Michael Caine and Steve Martin, the way they play off each other as the, the snobby British guy and the American jerk turned idiot. Sure. It plays so well. It's so clever. And I do quote, uh, once again, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. What lines? Because uh, I do love, like, why is there a cork on his fork? <laughs> and he, from he himself. stabs himself in and the others, eye. And he stabs yeah. himself in the eye. It's such a great scene. That mother is set around our house <laughs> okay. what, a lot. Rupert. Rupert, No. Whereas Wedding Crashers, I can't think of a single Something line. I say all the time, you better lock it up. You, you lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. <laughs> yeah. Or when Vince Vaughn gets tackled, he plays football, he gets injured so many times, I can't breathe. And then <laughs> he gets hit again. He goes, if I had any air in my lungs, I'd scream at you. Because <laughs> Owen Wilson just doesn't care. Wedding Crashers is the first R-rated comedy to make $200 million at the domestic box. Yeah, really well. And I think Dirty Rotten Scandals is the best con artist movie out there. Wow. Oh. The best. Wow. Those bold the words. Sting? I do enjoy the sting a great deal. A little slow at parts, 
Dirt Rotten Scoundrels hits on all cylinders. Matchstick Man? Time. I'm, I'm going to throw a, that out I'm there. A, I'm a big... Uh, Matchstick Man. I'm a big... Really? Steve, I like that movie. I'm a big Steve Martin fan. I really like Steve Martin. So I think I have to vote for Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, but this is close. Oh, it I shouldn't think be there's, close. I think Wedding Crashers is... a funnier movie, maybe. It's the uh, way funnier movie. I don't think Dirty Rotten Scoundrels... It, it's witty, but it's... Yeah, it's I don't laugh once. Really? I think it's classy because that's Michael Caine. Not even with the wheelchair? Okay. Whipping his legs with the wheelchair. (laughs) The the legs. Uh, I have a low tolerance for Steve Martin. Really? Mm -hmm. He was was way too loud, and now now he's like gone the other way, and now he's way too boring. Yeah. I also think my opinion might be a little bit colored because uh, this is also... uh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels has been turned into a musical. Yeah. And it's really really good. John Lithgow was in it originally in the uh, Michael Caine role. So that's probably one of the reasons I like it more because there's no Wedding Crashers musical. (laughs) Maybe <laughs> that's your logic. I gotta have something. Put some show tunes in it. It <laughs> makes it funny. We're ticking off people all over the place. I'm ticked off. I'm voting for Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. With that, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels moves on. Ooh. Excuse me. May I go to the bathroom first? Now we have Airplane. After the crew becomes sick with food poisoning, a neurotic ex-fighter pilot must land a commercial airplane full of passengers safely. Versus the wedding singer. Robbie, a singer, and Julia, a waitress, are both engaged, but to the wrong people. Fortune Ooh. intervenes to help them discover each other. So uh, <laughs> airplane, you, you're not going to know any of the names, but Leslie Nielsen, Robert Stack, Lloyd Bridges, Peter Graves, Robert Hayes, Julie Haggerty. Oh, yeah. 70s Cream Abdul-Jabbar. Cream yeah. Abdul-Jabbar. Cream. Airplane came out in 1980. And then you get The Wedding Singer with uh, Andrew Sandler, Drew Barrymore, and Christine Taylor. Um, and came out in 1998. Mm-hmm. So it's the year I was born and the year I graduated. This is the nice Adam Sandler movie, right? This is the this one is, with heart. Uh, this, this is the best Adam Sandler movie. This Like as 50, far as overall quality. And yes. 50 First Dates. I don't like that one as much. I like as 50 First Dates. Oh, wedding it, singer. It, this is, that's like Kirkland, really? Wedding Singer, oh, I think. Really? Save it for Adam Sandler show. Well, mm-hmm. eventually. But Airplane is one of the spoof movies where once again, th- there was a movie called Zero Hour from back in 1957. Mm-hmm. Yes. Airplane is almost exactly the same story. In fact, mm-hmm. they had to buy their rights to Zero Hour because they're like, we're ripping this off so oh, wow. much. But then they added in a ton of comedy. And this is around the time when disaster flicks were really big. There was this whole airport franchise of movies uh-huh. uh, that just were called like Airport 1975 because that's the year it came out. Right. And so Airplane took that and completely spun on his head with uh, Jim Rayburns, David Zucker, and uh, Jerry Zucker. The Zucker Brothers movies. Uh, Naked Gun is one of those as well. It's mm-hmm. the Zucker Brothers. Do you guys ever like watch these comedies and uh, like a random quote sticks in your brain forever and you think about it once a week? Surely I do. For me, that's, there were cones. There were cones. I don't know why. That Wait. moment in The Wedding Singer. Oh, it's The Wedding he, Singer. You ran over people. There were cones. Anytime I'm kind of tired, yeah. my wife goes, you passed out. I took care of you. And then, <laughs> and then we always end up going into like, take off my Van Halen t-shirt before you yeah, the band. Break the, band. Up. <laughs> uh, the, the Wedding Singer is, uh, it, it is, it got that heart. That so much Adam heart. Sandler movies yeah. try to have, this one really succeeds okay. at it. And it's intentionally, and Wedding Singer is intentionally dated. That makes it better because yeah. it's timeless because they put it in the time capsule of the, of the... It is so weird though, if you think about it. Yes. This yeah. movie came out in 1997. It's set in 1980. 98? Yeah. Okay, so it's set in 1985. So a 13 year gap. <laughs> oh, That'd cute be nostalgia. Like making a movie now, throwing it back to 2010 Ooh, as of this recording. That's weird. That's not, that just shows to show how funny the 80s were. Yeah. But uh, the soundtrack, 
to this movie is amazing. A lot of Culture Club. Oh, and, I love and, the soundtrack. Uh, you know that that elk, every time new wave every time because there are so many jokes in Airplane. Every time you watch it, you discover a new joke. And for me, this last time was so. There's a husband and wife, and the, the husband gets offered another a cup of coffee, and the wife's internal monologue. She's not a main he character. Never has a second. Cup of Jim coffee. never has a second cup of coffee at home. And then ten minutes later, he's vomiting in a bag. She goes, Jim never vomits at home. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Why do we care? Uh, and okay. it got me. I love Wedding Singer, but it's Airplane, man. Yeah, it's Airplane. It's, it's airplane. It is Airplane. <laughs> love you, Wedding Singer. i watching that again. Hilarious. Airplane moves on. Excuse me, sir. There's been a little problem in the cockpit. The cockpit? What is it? It's the little room in the front of the plane where the pilots sit. That's not important right now. All right. Uh, the most obvious matchup on this bracket, Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> Isn't that obvious, though? Mm. The uneventful, aimless lives of a London electronic salesman and his layabout roommate are disrupted by the zombie apocalypse. Versus Strange Brew. Canada's most famous hosers. Hey, hoser. Hey, hoser. Bob and Doug McKenzie get jobs at the Elsinore Brewery only to learn that something is rotten in the state of it. Oh, <laughs> See, I like that. it's a Hamlet. This is Hamlet. This, uh, is, this is better Hamlet than The Lion King. Shaun of the Dead, directed by <laughs> Edgar Wright and, and starring Simon Pegg and Nick Frost and Kate Ashfield. Uh, it came out in 2004, and then you have Strange Brew, which features Rick Moranis, Dave Thomas, who wrote and directed and starred in it. The guy from Wendy's? Uh, not that one, <laughs> the other one, but Rick Moranis, uh, and it came out in 1983. How is it? Is there an art to stoner comedy when it also makes eight-year-olds laugh? I, oh. as an eight-year-old, right? laughed so hard. I quoted this movie for years. Yeah. I, you try to watch it when you're a little bit older. I have, uh -huh. and I watched it with my son. And he died laughing. He's mm -hmm. uh, 12 at the time. I think we watched it. Sure. He died laughing at the part when the dog gets a cape and starts flying near the end. <laughs> it's so good. Out of nowhere. This is a very grounded in reality for the most part movie. And at, all of a sudden at the end, this dog needs to get help. And so it jumps in the air. It starts flying and a cape appears. And he thought that was the funniest thing you've yeah. ever seen. This movie is one of the funniest things I've ever seen for the first 30 minutes. I uh, get a little tired. The Mutants of 2051. Psst, act. Act. <laughs> is the best part of the movie Take for me. <laughs> And then it's not really all that funny. It's kind of grating. No, I love it for I its really Canadian it. nature, yeah. but that's about it. I really do love and I quote It's like a preamble so to Wayne's much. World. My friends and I quoted Strange Brew so much as kids. Shaun of the Dead, obviously, once again, one of my all-time favorite movies. I love like every movie on this list. Yeah, of course. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just going to cut that out every time you say it. You should. <laughs> just bleep it. <laughs> but I... And I do laugh a lot, but I do wonder if both of these both of these uh, kind of are, are hindered by the fact that you have to be in the know. Mm -hmm. With Shaun of the Dead, it's much more enjoyable if you know the zombie genre. Totally. Yeah. With Strange Brew, it's much more enjoyable if, if you're, you're Canadian. Canadian. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I am a self-proclaimed Canadian uh, fan, and so uh, for me, the choice is obvious. I, I'm going Strange Brew, but I know that y'all love Shaun of the Dead. We do. We, we basically need to put it in the rafters and retire this movie. Uh, after this bracket. but I don't think we can retire it, ever. But I... Mm. Strange Brew... Joel, this I, isn't I even tough. Strange Brew is not that funny. But once again, uh, Shaun of the Dead has some seriously dramatic moments as well and horror elements. Because it's a perfect mix of genres. Whereas Strange Brew to what is it's trying to succeed at. Time. It succeeds at everything it tries to do. But I'll say this. Having shown both these movies to uh, varied groups of people, Strange Brew is a much harder sell as a funny movie. People mm -hmm. don't get into it as quickly. And right. it is a, kind of a niche humor. Whereas Shaun of the Dead is accessible for more people. I'm voting Shaun of the Dead. So with, scientific. Sadly. No, I get it. I'm never going to watch Strange Brew with my wife, but we'll watch Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. No. I wish it was hot fuzz, but this is fine. Shaun of the Dead moves on. Purple Rain. No. Son of the Time. Definitely not. The Batman soundtrack. Oh. 
Now we have Dumb and Dumber. After a woman leaves a briefcase at an airport terminal, a dumb limo driver and his dumber friend set out on a hilarious cross-country road trip to Aspen to return it. Swanson, Swanson, Swanson. Swanson. Samsonite. Samsonite. way off. Versus the jerk. A simple-minded, sheltered country boy suddenly decides to leave his family home to experience life in the big city, whereas naivete... Naivete, naivete is McLaughlin is both his best friend and his worst enemy. So this is an unfair matchup to me because these are both really funny to me. One I watched a lot as a kid, one I watched as a lot of teen, and I watch them both uh, pretty regularly now. I had never seen The Jerk until this week, and it was an interesting uh, sort of scenario that just goes to prove how comedy should be watched. So I watched the first thirty minutes, and I believe I was—I told my wife that it was painfully unfunny. Mm-hmm. I really didn't like it. As a Steve Martin fan too, as a Steve Martin fan, I—I I, I was just ready to enjoy it. I did not find it funny at all. Maybe just slightly humorous, sure, but not nothing to. The worth whole premise about. is this guy is so stupid. Yes, and it's like how stupid well, is he? And. I think that the jerk name, I was thinking, I was waiting for a guy to be rude. Yeah. But mm-hmm. then I looked at the dictionary definition of the jerk, and it is a man who is annoyingly foolish. Yeah. Which is, is an apt description here. Mm-hmm. But then two things happened that made this movie great to me. One Bernadette, is Bernadette Peters, Bernadette Peters showing up, She's and so the other great. is my wife showing up, because comedies are best shared. That is true. My wife is in the room. She's laughing at scenes with Bernadette. I'm now laughing. So I, I don't know. It, does Bernadette Peter save this movie or does watching this with somebody save no, this movie? No, there's only one funny scene in this movie and it's cat juggling. Please. The jerk has one funny scene. No, cat juggling. Please. Got me. When he, he hates no, this, these No, this is Steve Martin without a script. Do, do something stupid. Be loud. He was a little... I, it's again, stupid, but it's my kind of stupid. <laughs> I'm a Steve Martin fan. I respect that. I, I, he's too much. I movie. really do enjoy the and, whole... And look, I'm not fighting for Dumb and Dumber. I almost want to knock it out this first round. How what? dare you? Not a fan. Throwing it right out there. Never been. Well, you're this wrong. Was, this was a Celine that Dion of the 90s for me. That is disgusting you this say This is that. my heart will go on. Dumb and Dumber is hilarious. Joel, can we just vote for Dumb and Dumber and move on? We can. I want to get. I, I am voting for Dumb and Dumber, obviously. Yeah. Uh, the Jerk I want to give some love to because it did at the box office. It was the eighth highest grossing movie of 1979, beating out Moonraker and the Muppet movie. It is basically the Muppet movie with Steve Martin in all, in all the roles. Steve Martin is in, in the Muppet yeah. movie. I've seen this a dozen times. I can quote The Jerk, but I think the Dumb and Dumber is probably the funnier movie. Quite absurd, The Jerk. Mm-hmm. I'm glad I watched it. I get why it's on the top list. It's a good parody. I don't think I'll ever watch it again. Right. I, I can, a, I'll quote it to you if you want. Any scene. <laughs> Just give me a scene. I'll quote it to you. <laughs> Reminds me of Scrubs. The edited version. We've already the, seen Fletch. Not with us quoting every line. You haven't. <laughs> In the edited version, by the way, the dog's name is Stupid. So that's oh, okay. the oh I was going to say, because this movie's rated R, but I didn't really know why. It's I think a pretty it's because tame of R. Paintings um, that are in the movie. There is a scene and there, at the carnival. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. and also there's, there, yeah, well, there's language they don't use nowadays either. So. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, Dumb and Dumber moves on. So you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah! Now we have Galaxy Quest. The alumni cast of a space opera television series have to play their roles at the real thing when an alien race needs their help. Versus Happy Gilmore. A rejected hockey player puts his skills to the golf course to save his grandmother's house. As a kid in the 90s, I hate this matchup. Because <laughs> I so close. love both of Did these you get movies. Galaxy Quest in the 90s? Because yes. I didn't understand it. I don't think I watched it for a decade after it came out. Yeah. I find Galaxy Quest so quotable. Galaxy Quest is uh, starring Tim Allen, Sigourney Weaver, Alan Rickman, Tony Shalhoub, Sam Rockwell. There's so many good people in there. Oh, yeah. Uh, it came out in 1999. And then you get Happy Gilmore, which stars Adam Sandler and whoever else is with Carl Adam Weathers, Sandler. Christopher McDonald, Shooter McGavin himself. Shooter. 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 
I will like play. Joel. You don't like Adam Sandler. You don't like the Billy Madison Happy Gilmore. I don't like stuff. angry, cocky Adam Sandler movies. I like humble, stupid Adam Sandler movies. So Wedding Singer, Waterboy are I like better than Ooh, Billy I Madison hate or Happy Gilmore. I thought, by the way, that I put Happy Gilmore and um, Billy Madison on the same page. Mm-hmm. I don't. Happy Gilmore Happy is much better, better than it is better. It is much better than Billy Madison. Yeah. Billy Madison is much stupider. Billy Madison for, is, for is the sophomoric attempt of Adam Sandler to be a film star. Happy Gilmore is when he hit his stride and said, "Oh, I have a story I can tell." Here's the big difference between Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore. He doesn't do this yes. as much, mm-hmm. which is quite annoying when it comes to Adam Sandler. Yes. I think there's a more cohesive story here, and, and again, this isn't a comparison between Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison, <laughs> yeah. but Same really, it's to say this is. I think the representative Adam Sandler 90s movie. Yeah. And it's the quotable one as well. It is. And yeah, Bob Barker. Bob Barker, the Bob Barker fight, which by the way, MTV Awards gave best fight to them. Oh yeah. Makes is sense. probably the best part of the movie. Yeah, it is. I probably Chubb's seen... hands being destroyed. His hand being destroyed. <laughs> so funny. I Ben probably... Stiller running the sweatshop in, in the nursing home. <laughs> the, the best quote. How are you saying so funny to this and you can hate Dumb and Dumber? That makes no sense to me. There's something about it. I think Dumb and Dumber is grating. My fingers hurt. And I don't oh, know why. I don't think that's going to hurt. hurt. Adam you Sandler. just pulled landscaping. And maybe that's why this movie didn't uh, do as well for me because it was one that was endlessly quoted to me. And I'm okay, like, I, I get you. I don't know. But uh, Galaxy Quest. I mean, you talk about quotes. There's the little throwaway quotes, especially from Sigourney Weaver. Like, we got to get out of here before one of those things kills Guy. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> you Sam don't even Rockwell. know my last name. Do I even have a last name? <laughs> yeah, sure. It's. Uh... <laughs> By the way, Star Trek, Star Trek fans voted Galaxy Quest the seventh best Star Trek film of all time. <laughs> the seventh? Well, because and there's more than seven Star Trek films. But sure. They put this in there because they're like, this is a great one. Yeah. Like it, it's this weird kind of Galaxy Quest is a weird kind of parody of Star Trek fans and and the show, but, but also this loving homage. It yeah. also is an homage for yeah. sure. I think laughs per minute, Happy Gilmore takes it, but wit, Galaxy Quest, has Galaxy, it all the way. It's a Are you voting movie. for Galaxy Quest? I am voting for Galaxy Quest. I am as well. I am as well. Oh, no, that's going to tick I, I think Happy Gilmore off. is super funny. I, I, I Nothing hate this match. It, it made love, the top 32. I don't think it's as funny as other people do. Yeah. I, I think it is funnier than Wedding Singer. Yeah, no, it is. I think Wedding Singer is better than Happy Gilmore. It's more likable. It's Save not it as funny. for our Adam Sandler show. <laughs> uh, Galaxy Quest moves on. Look, I have one job on this lousy ship. It's stupid, but I'm going to do it, okay? And our final matchup of the first round, uh, if you're still The listening. first round? Still listening. <laughs> Blazing Saddles. In order to ruin a Western town, a corrupt politician appoints a black sheriff who promptly becomes his most formidable adversary. Versus Game Night. A group of friends have a game night and get into real-life mysteries and dangerous situations. That's and, all I'm going to say. Jesse it's a really is there. Oh, Jesse Plemons. <laughs> so this is the newest movie. Game Night is the newest yeah. movie on our bracket coming in in 2018. The Blazing last Saddles, great comedy? One of the, Blazing Saddles is one of the oldest ones at 1974. Yeah. I watched Game Night for the first time tonight. And? I cried laughing twice. Jesse Plemons? Okay, hold Jesse on. Plemons hold on. is so good. Fixing the wound. The bullet wound? Oh, the bullet start... wound when he has the, the oh. squeaker in his mouth? Uh-huh. Yeah. Died laughing. They, and the other one? You... <laughs> I like this recipe, honey. <laughs> They're trying to get the bullet out of this guy, and they both start gagging. And every time I watch that, Dry I cry laugh. Is my funny bone? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the other, the other one. I, I'm laughing just thinking about it. Oh no, he died. Oh, no, he died. <laughs> when a guy gets sucked into an engine, also, she's like, yes. Oh no, he died. Uh, you have Jesse Plemons, who is the all-star of this movie. Three bags of Tostito scoops, I notice. Three for one? How can that be profitable for Frito-Lay? Free- <laughs> then he lay? writes Frito-Lay. Oh, they say, they confirm it's not like, a deal. Honestly, uh, Game Night is a dark comedy. Like some, oh. some terrible stuff happens. And 
truth be told, it is also quite vulgar yeah. in parts. Yeah. But yeah. it is, like you said, the best comedy to come out in the past 10 years. But then you have the classic comedy that, of course, is going to be on every single list because of the time it came out and what it got away with, what, it was insane. So Empire's number 14 comedy, AFI's number You're six. You're talking about Blazing Saddles. Blazing now. Saddles, which is that quintessential comedy that needs to be on the classic critical 100%. list. 100%. I want someone to say something nice about this movie that is not... You would never see that movie made today. That is the only I commentary the I hear about this movie. The fourth wall break is quite clever. Like the being a studio picture because it feels like such a studio western of the time. When they go into all, even at the, the intro end, song, a chase and they go into all the different and they, they break through the studios. Yeah. It is so clever. I me. laugh every single time that horse gets punched in the face. Yeah, I don't know why it makes me laugh, but every time I'm like, that is so. You don't see that. Our only Gene Wilder on this bracket as well. Is it the only one? Yes. Oh, sad. Sad. He's amazing. He is but amazing. This isn't his best movie. Even close. No. I think Blazing Saddles is a witty movie, and it gets away with a lot, but with also a lot of wit. I think there's a lot of hidden humor that if you're too young, you'll, you won't catch a lot of it. Madeline Kahn is in Blazing Saddles. And she's delightful. She's great. She's and underutilized. But, but the movie I am just going to cry laughing, much like Zach, yeah. is Game Night. I don't actually... I think Blazing Saddles is a movie that... I, I get that you you can't do that now, and and it was funny then. The, the N word is said a lot, a in lot, that movie. And but that, it, it is also said by the bad people in the movie, the, the ignorant, bigoted people. In the and movie. I I can look at it and I see what it's trying to say. It's not, you know, it's it's making commentary on that in a positive way, but I it's, it's uncomfortable to watch. I don't find it particularly that funny. Mel Brooks doesn't really connect with me all that much. He belongs on a list like this, though. 100%. If it's no Mel Brooks versus Zucker Brothers, I choose Zucker Brothers every day of the week. I don't know who that is. They're uh, Airplane N- and Naked, Naked Gun. Gun. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. They both do uh, spoofs. I agree. I'll think Mel Brooks there, but again, I've said before, parody's not really for me. Mm-hmm. Game Night, I found clever, funny. It is got touches of other genres, and as the newest comedy I've seen on this list and the newest comedy on this list, this is an instant classic for me. I will watch it again multiple it's times. It's actually funny. When Game Night came out, I didn't go to that screening. Because so I was like, yeah, it looks like a, your typical yeah. comedy like tag at the time. Yeah. Well, I got Joel, it mixed Joel up. saw it before me and told me to go funny. watch it. it and he really said, funny. it's hilarious. I got it mixed up in my brain for years with Date Night. Yeah. Yeah. Different Which movies. is not good. Similar no. idea. Not a great movie. Yeah. We watched this one on Clearplay and it was pretty choppy at parts. I watched a TV edit and still there's a parts. I'm like, whoa, didn't hear that in the Clearplay right. version. You guys are both voting Game Night, though? Yes, we are. And it's knocking out Blazing Saddles, considered by many to be, like, the best comedy. Like, number six on American Films Institute's 100 Years, 100 Laughs. Sorry. It was put in the Library of Congress. Yeah. I don't, I'm glad it's there. I don't find it all that funny. I prefer Game Night. I'm going to give my pity and devotion okay. to Blazing Saddles because... It's nice of you. It is groundbreaking at the time, and also I think it's still... There's a lot of good funny parts in there. Mm-hmm. With that, game night moves on. Oh, there's so much blood. <laughs> no, no, don't you start doing that. No, you're going to make... <laughs> and we have finished our first round. Okay, we'll see you next time. I'm going to challenge us now. We are going to Lightning move round? through this next round quickly. We are going to be thinking about fast. it too much. Keep us in check. Don't think about it too much because we're going... Once we get to the final four, we'll hash it out. Okay, that's fine. Deal. Our first matchup is... Monty Python and the Holy Grail versus Clue. Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Joel, you love Clue. I love Monty Python. Which one's funnier? I'm not sure. Because I definitely like Clue more than Monty Python. I shouldn't say definitely. Edge it out. I'm not going fast. Zach, you vote. I uh, didn't actually vote for either one of these movies, so I'm a little uh, ambiguous here. But I'll, I'll just go Holy Grail. 
So you guys both vote. Yes, we yep. do. Okay, I'll pity vote to Clue. Yep. Monty Python. Oh, I, I just want to talk about it. How they had three different endings in the movies, and it was funny because they had a different ending, and then people would argue about it. Which is the real one? Do we know? Uh, well, they have one. That here, here's what really happened on the DVD. You get the, yeah. Here's what really happened at the end. Uh, Carrie Fisher was supposed to be Miss Scarlet, but then she had to go to uh, a treatment facility mm. for her addiction, so she didn't get to be part of it. I think that that gimmick is cute, but it doesn't make the movie better. Nope, it's just cute. I love it. Monty Python and the Holy Grail moves on. Now stand aside, worthy adversary. Tis but a scratch. A scratch? Your arm's off. No, it isn't. Well, what's that then? I've heard worse. The Naked Gun versus Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Two very different movies. Very different movies. One of these. I don't know. This is hard for me, too. I love that the Naked Gun is actually based on Police Squad or Police Squad. It's a TV show. I Mm -hmm. think it ran maybe one or two seasons. It was very short. Yeah. Very funny. A lot of the gags are used again in Naked Gun. So Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs was kind of ruined by its sequel. Very inferior sequel. Once again, I choose to forget that sequel. I really like the second movie of the Naked Gun series. I might like Naked Gun two and a half more than I like the I think Naked I do Gun. too. 33 and a half? I don't like 33 and a half at all. I shouldn't say at all. I don't. I mean, it was fine. Like it was just dumb comedy. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's lesser. If, if you're going to watch Naked Gun, watch the first two and then. I think I'll lose here, but the Naked Gun. Joel? If we're going comedy of comedies here. I look at these two and I laugh at both of them a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm bah. I'm. Mm. <laughs> these Noises. are all sounds that are staying in. No. <laughs> Noises. Oh, man. The eye candy of Clive's Chance of Meatballs is I love the colors. I love the visuals. I thought you were going to say Pr- Priscilla Presley real but quick. That's also, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there are so many visual gags in Naked Gun. For, it's visual gags versus puns, and I love puns. There's yeah. visual gags in uh, Clowns Chance Meatballs. Yeah, there well. are, but I see, the it as a, I see it as yeah. a pun-type movie. Zach, do you have a strong opinion? I'm deferring. I don't. I would like you to. Mm. <laughs> well, then, okay. You voted for Naked Gun? Yeah, okay. I'm voted for Naked Gun, too. Okay. Oh, yeah. okay. I was, I was going to go the opposite thing, but the thing is, when I think about it, Naked Gun, to me, is more comedy of comedies. Cloudy Chance Meatballs is more of an underground. Everyone, like, you, if you don't, if it's you great. haven't seen it, you should watch it Super and you fun. will laugh. Truthfully, I would have voted for Naked Gun as well. All right. Uh, with that, the Naked Gun moves on. Doctors say he's got a 50-50 chance of living. Though there's only a 10% chance of that. Now we have Ghostbusters versus Shrek 2. <laughs> Both of these are in my top 10 list of all time. Zach, go first. Shrek 2. I think is a, I don't look at Ghostbusters as a comedy. I think it's humorous. I think it's endlessly entertaining. But I think of it more as action horror than I do comedy. Shrek 2 is just a clever comedy. It, my love for it is well known on this show. Ghostbusters was supposed to be much more serious. When when uh, Dan Aykroyd wrote the story, it was actually this uh, very kind of spooky, scary story starring him and John Belushi. Yeah. It shows that it wanted to be that. And I think that's the difference mm-hmm. between Ghostbusters 1 and 2. Uh, by the way, what's the name of the, the green ghost in Ghostbusters? Slimer? No. It's, he's never named He's he was actually called the Onion Head Ghost. I think it was they called him. What? Like, not, not in the movie. That's what the creators created. He didn't get a name till the cartoon. The cartoon. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. Mandela he's, effect. He's, until, never, he's never named the yeah. Berenstain Bears. The real Ghostbusters came <laughs> What's out. What's happened? The real Ghostbusters came out and they named him. I also love Ghostbusters just for the, the the practical effects they use, but mix it with kind of visual effects as well. It still yeah. looks so good. It still looks really good. It looks dated, but in a good way. Mm-hmm. Ghostbusters. I get it. You're both voting for Ghostbusters? Nope. He did I'm Shrek voting two. for Shrek Oh, two. you did Shrek 2? It's me. Ah, oh, it's on me. Yeah. Mm. You deliberated too long. I did. You made too many mouth sounds. Uh, ooh, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm just going to have to go. No, you know what? I have, I'm looking at my ratings here personally. Yeah. Uh, Shrek 2 got a 4.5, which is Deserving. very high for me. Uh, Ghostbusters but, but, has a 5. It's a 5. 
But is that a movie of movies thing though? Is that a comedy of comedy? I'm I'm just thinking about like Shrek. I have a hard time liking just because it is a lot of lowbrow humor. Oh. It, it, no, it is. I'm talking about the franchise. There's a reference the, from to the from here to eternity. The franchise as a whole, Kent, is is low, kind of like lots of lowbrow humor. Yeah. But, um, but what movie, happens to Dan Aykroyd while he's sleeping? Oh, well, <laughs> that's a weird storyline that was originally. He throws in the Ariel show. in the ocean. Two sharks eat her. That's not what Dan Aykroyd does. <laughs> Sorry, context. But <laughs> that's what happens when he falls asleep. <laughs> but they had a whole whole thing with that ghost, and that part is definitely awkward. But they had a whole thing, and they cut it out just to that one scene. But I'm I'm gonna vote for. I'm going to vote for Ghostbusters. I, I get it. I love Ghostbusters. And Ghostbusters moves on. Do you want some uh, coffee, Mr. Tully? Do I? Yes, have some. Yes, have some. Now we have, this is weird, Emperor's New Groove versus <laughs> Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I'll go first. Emperor's New Groove makes me laugh a lot more. I like Ferris Bueller more. It's a better film, but Emperor's New Groove is more funny. When you think of comedy of comedies, when, when you see these lists around there, you're not going to see Emperor's New Groove on there. It should be on there, but it's not going to be on there. Whereas John, Empire had Ferris Bueller at number 37 and Ranker at number 17. Ferris Bueller is very, it's, it's funny. It is very funny. It's amusing. I do enjoy it. By the way, there's a whole backstory of Emperor's New Groove 2 where it was supposed to be this movie called Kingdom of the Sun, I think it was. And it was supposed to be this very <laughs> serious film about the mm. Mayan Empire and then because Pocahontas and Hunchback of Notre Dame didn't do so well, they're like, are we becoming too dramatic? Swing it back to comedy. And they actually had to push Dinosaur forward in the summer of 2000. Oh, wow. I because they're like, we need to get that out so we can have more work on this. But then Emperor's New Groove didn't get a lot of marketing because Disney was doing all its marketing for 102 Dalmatians. So it's because wow, of close. the studio. This didn't do as well as it should because it's hilarious and I love it. But I'm voting for Ferris Bueller. Oh, Emperor's New Groove. All right. So... What goes on? Emperor's New Groove. Emperor's New Groove? Yeah. Oh, I thought you voted for Ferris. Nope. Oh, I vote Emperor's New John Groove. John Hughes is so sad. You didn't right even now. say Ferris. I didn't. I will never say Ferris. I'm not happy with you guys. I may never watch that movie again. <laughs> I will watch Emperor's New You didn't New have to dig in deep. I will watch yeah, rude. Why do you got to hurt me? <laughs> I'll watch Emperor's Why New Groove tomorrow. Why are you so angry and bitter? <laughs> he says angrily yelling. Cusco moves on. Looking for this. Is that my voice? Is that my voice? Three Amigos versus Anchorman. Three Amigos, without a doubt for me. Three Amigos is the smart, funny comedy that doesn't ever cross the line of good taste, in my opinion. Whereas Anchorman goes for the cheap laugh more times than it should, and it actually would have been a funnier movie had they pulled it back just a bit. Okay. One of the most quotable movies ever made. Anchorman is amazing, and I love it. I vote Anchorman. <sighs> I mean, I love Three Amigos. I, I'll still the virtues of it all day, but... I got to pick. I'm Anchorman. still not talking to you. Uh, by the way, an early version of Anchorman was supposed to be a parody of the disaster film Alive, with a bunch of news anchors uh, crashing their plane and surviving in the wilderness. And there would have been a, a group of ninja star wielding orangutans that orangutans that would have to fight. <laughs> I don't really like Will Ferrell. I don't like his comedies. Who uh, do you like? Kent? I think got re- I think it got real tired. I'm mad at everyone right now. But this is this is peak. Three Will Amigos is a movie of my childhood. I, I freaking love it. The funnier movies, Anchorman. It moves on. Joel, I'm so sorry. You guys are awful, I'm terrible so people. Sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm actually really Seriously? surprised. I just <laughs> showed Anchorman to a bunch of teenagers. They didn't care about I, it. I'm really I'm surprised. So that is the worst decision. I what knew it would be that kind of choice. What happened to this bracket? You idiot. Yes. Yeah. There we go. We got Yay. it. Okay. Yep. Uh, I feel fulfilled. We didn't get any of that in the action movie bracket. We agreed too much. Anchorman moves on. <laughs> <laughs> That's the we messed up giggle. <laughs> it really is. 
Now we have Dirty Rotten Scoundrels versus Airplane. Airplane. Doesn't matter what I vote. <laughs> oh, no. Doesn't matter. Come on, Defeated Joel. You got this. Why would you put Anchorman ahead of Three Amigos? It is more funny. It's funnier. It's not. One's like a Seven Samurai story, which is so funny. And the other's Anchorman. You got Brick. Paul Rudd. I, Ryan Fontana. I love. Shut up. I, we're done talking about that. I hate both of you. <laughs> oh, no, we're going to talk about it again. <laughs> Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. I absolutely love. And I think it's a wonderful story. I laughed more when I watched Airplane. Yeah. I, the spoof comedy really is my vein of comedy. I'm voting for Airplane. It's, Me too. It's Airplane. Airplane moves on. Can you fly this plane and land it? Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. All right. Shaun of the Dead versus Dumb and Dumber. It's a bizarre matchup. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's, that's two great comedies. Joel, do you want to go first? You want to kill a darling? Like, this is a darling <laughs> for you, right? This is a right? darling matchup for many people. Dumb and Dumber. Whoa! Point. No, you're serious? I like Shaun of the Dead more. It's a better Dumb movie. Dumb and Dumber is funnier. It's a better movie. Dumb and Dumber laughs per minute are much higher. Shaun of the Dead is the better movie, but I am voting for the comedy of comedies to be Dumb and Dumber. I think Shaun of the Dead has wit on its side. Like, it's, it's British comedy, so absolutely every line matters. Dumb and Dumber finds comedy through Jim Carrey and a very surprising uh, performance by Jeff Daniels. Jeff Daniels is... is the, the part the that star. gets me in Dumb and Dumber is when he's tackling Mary in the snow. I think that part is so you can funny. in the face of the snowball. Oh, that is man. quite funny. That is so funny. But Shaun of the Dead... I would laugh if I were is, in a better mood right now. <laughs> Shaun of the Dead, where they're, they're choosing records that are weapon-worthy. The jukebox fight, forming a plan, and just going through it repeatedly. To me, that gets me. I love full circle comedy, and that's what that movie does so well. Shaun of the Dead. By the way, fun fact, uh, Nicolas Cage was supposed to be uh, Jim Carrey's star, but he tried to negotiate $2 million increase in his fee, and New Line was like, nah, we're just going to go with Jeff Daniels. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. That would have been a totally different movie. Yeah. Uh, but did the sequel ruin it a little bit? I choose the to Dumb and Dumber. I've never or... even seen it. Okay. Comedy shouldn't have sequels. No. Very rarely do they work. Zach? Dumb and Dumber. Okay. You're not even on thin ice, Zach. You're already like <laughs> under the ice. Your hand is sticking up. You're, you're begging for me to pull you out, and I'm not going to. Shot at the Dead is a substantially better movie. Yeah. But Dumb and Dumber is funnier. No. Dumb and Dumber moves on. We got no food. We got no jobs. Our pets' heads are falling off. Now, oh, jeez. Oh. Galaxy Quest versus Game We'd night. like to thank our patrons, starting with the I <laughs> This is the one that's a hard decision for you two. <laughs> Get a sense of humor, you fools. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. All right. So you seem opinionated on this one. He's just letting his old showing. The thing is, Zach, seriously, I've never punched someone on Bacon Cell before, <laughs> but I'm getting close. <laughs> Jake almost a few times. Uh, well, off air. Yeah. Um, Galaxy Quest, I think, is absolutely funny, but I also think it's a lot more serious and comedy. Do you need to know more about Star Trek to appreciate I think Galaxy you enjoy Quest? It more. Okay. But Game Night is really funny. Like finding myself laughing out loud at that probably more than I did. Is it more rated R comedy though for it, Game Night? It is. There's, there's a lot more to, to jump over mm -hmm. in Game Night than Galaxy Quest. Well, mm -hmm. I'm going to go first. I love both of these movies. Me Galaxy too. Quest grows with love every single time I watch it. Yeah. I think Game Night will be the better comedy over time. Yeah, it's tough to say. I think now we're picking. The first round we we're like, I like this movie more. I think now we're kind of just going, what's more funny? And I think it's Game Night. Do you have a strong opinion, Zach? It's tricky because it's Game Night's so fresh. And Galaxy Quest is, I mean, I've seen it two dozen times at this yeah. point. I don't have a strong feeling either way. 
because I'm trying to not let nostalgia get in the way of something that I, I found genuinely funny. Yeah, for me, I think we need a modern comedy to represent on this list. It and feels I think so Game new, Night, though. Okay, I, I would pick Game Night. I'm, but, I'm, I'm leaning Game Night, but, but the problem is it's so new. It but hasn't for a comedy to exist and be so accessible in a modern time where people are so offended but by everything. But it's like, not we don't have well Tropic known. Thunder on this list, right? No. That feels like one of the last great comedies. Game Night came and impressed everyone. But it's not well known. It's underground. Is but then Galaxy still? Quest kind of is too. Yeah. I'm voting game night. Oh. Zach, are you feeling better? Are you feeling better? Uh, I, I'm that the weight is off of me? Yes. Yeah. Because this is impossibly hard. What would you have said? Probably game night. Okay. But maybe Galaxy Quest. Game night moves on. We were just saying how you were always better at games than Debbie was. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you not to besmirch my ex-wife. That woman is an angel. All right. We did it around. That was almost fast. What are we at? Is this top eight? This is the top eight. The elite, elite eight. eight. The elite eight. Monty Python and the Holy Grail versus the Naked Gun. <laughs> okay. This is a good matchup right this here. This is a good matchup. This is a lot more fair. It's funny. Both of these movies, I have heart for Monty Python and the Holy Grail at two. And Naked yeah. Gun, the heart, is it one? One. Yeah, that's not what <laughs> Like, these, it's pretty low. But that's not what they're trying to do. No. No, it's spoof comedy versus satire. Uh, I'm going to go for the Holy Grail. The Naked Gun, I do find absolutely hilarious. And it, I do own it and, and do plan to watch it many times mm-hmm. and laugh every single time. But I do feel like I like number two and a half better. I like yeah. Naked Gun two and a half yeah. better, which means I got to vote for Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Because if two and a half were on here, this would be a bigger debate. All right. Oh, I, I, that's, that's honestly, that's a good choice. It's probably the right choice. Holy Grail moves on. How can talking about comedies be so not funny? <laughs> <laughs> Next, we have Ghostbusters versus The Emperor's New Groove. Kinda, I think we've established weird. The Emperor's New Groove is probably more of a funny movie than Ghostbusters. Yeah. Comedic giants, though, with Ghostbusters. Yeah. You know, yeah. Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Harold Ramis. Yeah. The, the other guy. <laughs> Should have been. It was supposed to be Eddie Murphy, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ernie Hudson. Ernie Hudson. He's great in it. He's a good... A good addition. Critically, obviously, Ghostbusters has the edge. I mean, you look up any comedy list, Ghostbusters will be on there. Empire has it at number eight. AFI has it at number 28. We haven't talked about the secretary. What's her name? Annie Potts. Oh, Janine in the Janine. movie. Yeah. 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 She's great. Ghostbusters, what do you want? Zach, do you have a strong opinion on this one? No. Both you of don't. These, both of these are, are all-timers for me. But I... Ghostbusters is the second highest grossing film of 1984, only beat by Beverly Hills Cop. I've argued once upon a time that Ghostbusters is the best summer movie ever. Oh, all right. Because it's just like, it, it hits all the notes. It's it's a rounded experience. It is back, funny. Back to the Future called, but okay. Uh, well, Back to the Future. I'm uh, not on the may, list. Maybe my favorite movie of all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but... Uh, No, here's the thing. My mind kind of goes back to the Matt's show when we had him watch those 10 elite picks and he watched Ghostbusters. Granted, this is Matt's. Love you, Matt's. He did not like Ghostbusters. No, he did not. At all. He thought Bill Murray was a jerk. Yeah. Which he is. He is. That's kind of the shtick. Okay, I'll say Ghostbusters. All right, that makes it easy. I love Emperor's New Groove. I do too. It it would be wrong to cut Ghostbusters for a David Spade comedy. (laughs) John Goodman's that. funny in a show, too. Well, pa- uh, Patrick Warburton's hilarious. Yeah, he is so funny. But I think we all agree, yeah. it. It, Sadly, it should be Ghostbusters moving on. Sadly? Yeah. Wow. Well, just, well, I just mean because, like, Emperor's, is, yeah, Emperor's New Group is so funny. <laughs> okay, Ghostbusters goes on. Back off, man. I'm a scientist. All right, next is Anchorman versus Airplane. <laughs> I love that Joel has an enemy now Airplane. in the bracket. Airplane. Airplane is funnier. Airplane did spoof better than Anchorman did. I love Anchorman. 
I have a action, whatever they call it, Channel 4 News, whatever it yeah. was in San Diego. I have a T-shirt of it. I can quote the entire movie, but it's airplane. Okay. But the news team fight... And that they, is they, the best part. They fight, and then they, nope, no touching also, of the hair. It or cuts, face. And, and then you have boy, then that you have, escalated really. Quickly. Yeah, it escalated really quickly. And then they recommend that Brick stay in a safe house for killing a man with a trident. Uh, you probably want to lay low. You're wanted for murder. Yeah, but it's airplane. It's it's airplane. I love Anchorman, but credit where credits due. Airplane <gasps> moves on. Flight two zero nine are clear for vector three two four. We have clearance, Clarence. Roger, Roger. What's our vector, Victor? Now we have Dumb and Dumber versus Game Night. Dumb and Dumber. Game Night. I think Game Night had its run. It had a good time. Dumb and Dumber will make me laugh every time I watch it. Game Night may too, but I've watched Game Dumb and Dumber more and the jokes still hold up. But like the potty humor, the most annoying sound on the planet, like it's just so grating. There is so much toilet humor in this movie. That's where I think of your opinion goes. <laughs> Anchorman's gone. Forgive people. <laughs> yeah, it's Game Night for me, but I know it will lose. Dumb and Dumber is an icon. Yeah, so it has to go on. Dumb and Dumber. She give you any reason? Yeah, I called her up. She gave me a bunch of crap about me not listening to her enough or something. I don't know. I wasn't really paying attention. Final four. <laughs> final four. What is our final yeah. four of the comedy of comedies? So really, at this point, any of them could win for various reasons. But we have Monty Python and the Holy Grail, Ghostbusters, oh, wow. Airplane, and Dumb and Dumber. Wow. Interesting Christmas. spread, right? Different representation of Guys, of we're genre. pretty old school. It makes sense for the audience. Um, I also wait, wait, think so it's 70s, 90s, what's 70s, 80s, 80s, 90s, and airplanes 80, right? Yeah, yeah 80 on the dot. Right in there. But we've also, we've got kind of parody, what would you call Holy Grail? Absurd? Mm-hmm. Yeah, satire. Satire. Par- uh, parody too. Is they're parodying all the old school a- stuff. Action comedy. And then zany 90s comedy. I mean, these are really kind of doing a different thing. Mm-hmm. And depending on your taste, you're going to have an easy choice here. But the first one is Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Versus Ghostbusters. This I, is, I, three of these four, I could have said before we did this bracket, they'd probably end up in the top four. Yeah, and then oh, Dumb, so and, Dumber, goes, Dumb and Dumber's there too. Ghost, Ghost, Ghostbusters is a bit of a surprise to me. Well, it's the more likable movie. This is the quality movie on the bracket, I think. This well, is... Ghostbusters has aged a lot better. It is a total package movie, I think. Mm-hmm. But it's less of a comedy and less funny than Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Valid point. So that is my vote. You're going with Monty, Monty Python. Python. Okay. Going with the but truth. Ghostbusters has an ending. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Monty Python seems to go on and on and on. Well, no, I mean, it ends in the sense of it ends very, they, they, they set it up that way as, a, as the amazing anti-climax where they don't really get resolution. Sure. John Cleese did say, it's just what we came up with. We probably could have, should have come up with something better. If you've seen the show Spamalot, I was watching Spamalot once upon a time mm-hmm. and the whole time I was watching it, it's a musical. The whole time I was watching it, I was like, ah, I'd rather be watching the movie. Yeah, Monty Python and the Holy Grail was financed by eight investors. Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd, and Jethro, Jethro Tull's Ian Anderson were a couple wow. of Wow, <laughs> makes so much sense. Yeah. Uh, uh, meanwhile, you got Ghostbusters, which, once again, great movie and great song. Great song. Which, one of those kids weird songs. It. It's like, how did that catch on and become like the biggest hit? Yeah, yeah. No, they kids love it. They have no concept of the movie and they love the song. It was the number one, Ghostbusters was the number one film in theaters for seven consecutive weeks and is considered one of the first blockbusters. Zach, are you, you got a strong opinion on this one? I don't. Then I'm going to vote for Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Really? Wow. I think, Shocker. Like, I think Kent, your argument, as much as I hate your opinion right now, it made <laughs> sense because Ghostbusters isn't as laugh out loud funny the whole time. Monty Python has this absurdity to it the entire time that makes it funny. Like when I watch it, I don't want to laugh because I hate all the people that quoted it. 
But and I still laugh. Monty Python has is been definitely done, more quoted. It has been done to death. Yeah. But I still laugh. All right. Hmm. Monty Python and the Holy Grail goes on. This is supposed to be a happy occasion. Let's not bicker and argue about who killed who. Speaking of quotable movies, Airplane versus Dumb and Dumber. I know where you Surely stand, you can't be serious about this. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. You guys know my vote. So do, yes. do your worst. We can argue amongst ourselves about. <laughs> then I'm going to vote for Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. Really? Because Dumb and Dumber. I, I, I enjoy Airplane. I actually really, really do enjoy Airplane. But and it made me laugh when I watched it again in prep for this show. But there's something about Dumb and Dumber. Maybe it was the time it came out and the age I was. And the fact that my parents were like, no, no, no. You shouldn't watch this movie. You shouldn't watch this movie. And so we're like, okay. And then we came home one night. And my mom is dying laughing. And we're like, what are you watching? She's like, nothing. Oh. She was watching Dumb and Dumber. We showed it to my grandparents, my, my mom's parents. And actually, I didn't. My brother did. And I'm like, you showed him Dumb and Dumber? And he's like, oh, yeah. Grandpa thought it was hilarious. So I have this multi-generational okay. span of funny. Uh, as a sample but, audience, Dumb and Dumber. But there's the visuals that Jim Carrey brings, and there's the visuals and the dialogue and every single moving part of Airplane, because all of it is working. Like Leslie Nielsen sitting there. I'm not disagreeing with and that. There's, and there's, there, excuse me, sir, are you a doctor? And he's wearing a stethoscope on the plane. Like yeah. To me, that is so funny. Actually, one of my favorite lines, they do it multiple times, is when he says, well, we got to take him to a hospital. A hospital? What is it? It's a large building with patients, but that's not important right now. <laughs> See? So many funny all, lines in there. All that. cylinders. I the think Zany, the reason you Zany hate Dumb and Dumber company. is because it was quoted too much. And that's kind of why I'm a little down on Airplane. Okay. Because it's, it's just quotes. Because it's like another decade full Dumb of and quotes. Dumber, even though it's nothing, at least has a story. Like the, no, there's a story in Airplane. Sure. It's like they we have get, to land the plane. Land the, no, the, the story isn't actually the jokes within. It's no. about this pilot with PTSD. And a drinking problem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Versus a road trip movie. And yeah. I'm always in for a good 90s road trip movie. Oh, Dumb and Dumber does have one of the most frustrating endings ever in movie history. Though. Don't don't put it in the final two, though. Really? Don't do it. Well, you know that when he's like, when they, they get the bus yeah. and, and the it models. comes up and all the models are there and then he's they want him to come on the bus with them and he's like, oh, no, they drive away. And nah, I'm explaining I it. totally forgot about that. Really? To the, be honest. The town is back that way. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. I remember. If I do the voice in the quote, then you'll know. When I asked people in the barbershop, like, what, what's a, when I say, what's the greatest comedy of all time, what comes to mind? Monty Python on the Holy Grail was mentioned a lot. And Dumb and Dumber was mentioned a ton. Whee! It's, it's, it you is. get new clients. It is 90s comedy. It really is. Air, airplane is great, but I'm going to go with Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> Which, obviously, I know what you don't want in the final. No. Wow. Wow. Airplane I, I is hilarious, and I'm not downplaying it all. I'm shocked to see it go, but also I... It could have been Airplane versus Monty Python. Which are the same movie? Come on. The, how are they different? They're literally different movies. Nah, how are they different? Because they're both so funny, they're both the same, and they're both from the same era. Yeah, they just... They, they are trying to do so much of the same thing to me. Very well. Right there, Kings right of their sure. craft. Hey guys. Oh, big gulps, huh? All right. Well, see you later. Your final Monty Python and the Holy Grail versus Dumb and Dumber. And I will throw it out right now. Kent's voting for Holy Grail. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't like Monty Python and the Holy Grail that much. I think it's I think it is it's funny, but to this point, it is overrated. You can make the same argument about Dumb and Dumber, but it, it I didn't grow up with it. I don't I don't like quoting it. Uh, I think it's tired. So I'm going to go quote from Dumb and Dumber. Big gulps, huh? Well, see you see later. later. <laughs> All the time. Dumb and Dumber for me. That's just we'll call it age bias. I grew up with Dumb and Dumber. It's just a flesh wound. <laughs> sure. I'm not. We get it. You're not dead yet. 
but <laughs> maybe you are. Joel? Whee! This is a difficult decision. <laughs> because these are two of my favorite comedies. All right. And I watch both of these comedies and laugh at both of these comedies. If I go with the objective IMDb rating, Monty Python and the Holy Grail is the highest rated. Oh, it's just going with the higher 8.2. Yeah. Yes. And that whereas Dumb and Dumber is a 7.3, so almost a one point difference between the two, which is a lot when you come to hundreds and thousands of votes. Sure. When it comes to my personal rating. <laughs> What are we gonna? Are we really putting forward a movie that Kent hates <laughs> yeah. to represent Bacon Cell? Hey Kent, remember that '90s bracket a while back? <laughs> Listen, I've apologized nine thousand times, but this is previous to previous to any discussion we've had. Kent, uh-huh. Monty Python and the Holy Grail is four point five stars because there are some slower moments. I get you, and yeah. and the ending every time I'm like, oh, I hate how it just kind of end, like doesn't end. Whereas Dumb and Dumber, I actually get mad at the ending. And Dumb and Dumber is a five star. I'm voting for Dumb and Dumber. What? No way. <gasps> That's great. We landed on the moon. <laughs> a five star movie is I, a ludicrous I take. I cannot. Five star for me just means you get, I can't get sick of it. Your butt cut's growing back. It's crazy. You went yes, right back to the 90s. <laughs> that is ridiculous. The comedy of comedy is Dumb and Dumber. Did Zach vote? Yeah, I, I voted for Dumb and Dumber. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't know it was on my shoulders, but I'm glad I voted that way. <laughs> That's the stupidest thing ever. Or dumber? Is it dumb? Dumbest thing ever? Oh. Is it Dumb and Dumber? Bad choices. Well, I don't think so. In fact, it, when we uh, truthfully, it's when such a we Utah said, choice. When we said we were going to, oh, actually, a lot of parts of it were filmed in Utah, yeah, Salt Lake exactly. Airport and the, the canyons. Um, but when we talked about what is the funniest comedy of all time, two. Two comedies came to mind to me almost immediately. All right. One was Three Amigos. Mm-hmm. The other was Dumb and Dumber. Wow. And I really do feel like Dumb and Dumber is deserving <laughs> of this crown. Five stars? Yeah. It's a favorite, Kent. I just, I just don't. I don't get it. I know because you're a critic. <laughs> no, that's not that. <laughs> I never liked comedies. it. I the never guy, liked it. What a surprise. The guy who hates comedies doesn't get comedy. I was pushing Monty Python and the Holy Grail, the deserving winner the entire it, time. I think it was not an easy decision. You saw me hemming and hawing. Mm. But I think uh, <laughs> Dumb and Dumber wins. All right. It's a long show. I'm sad <laughs> about comedies. So while Kent's over here saying we got no food, we got no jobs, our pets' heads are falling off. <laughs> We're over here saying, you're telling me you've got a chance because we have removed up to this point the names associated with who oh, yeah. who picked this one. So we are I, now I, going to I, reveal. I'm not going to lie. I forgot that that was a thing. Yeah. yeah. We are now going to reveal who picked Dumb and Dumber as the winner of this bracket. And as uh, I stated before, if you were the first person to pick this movie, then you got it. There were a couple different submissions for Dumb and Dumber, if I remember right. But the first person to submit it and the winner of this comedy of comedies bracket is Drew Cutler. Hey, hey Drew. Drew wow. Cutler, you Bad picked Dumb choice, my friend. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, wait, who's, who's really bad right now? Oh, Tim Behunen. He's going to be ticked. Yeah. Uh, uh, he chose uh, He chose Monty Python. but uh, Smart man. He chose wisely. Mm-hmm. So congratulations, Drew. Uh, we'll be reaching out to you. You get some Bacon Cell merch uh, for successfully predicting which movie was going to win. For a walk of shame. And uh, <laughs> I, I'm perfectly fine with this winner. 
But let us know if you agree with this. Uh, you can print off your own brackets at baconcell.com and play this with friends and family. And I encourage you to do so to see if you end up in the same place yeah, or they seriously. end up in the same place. Mm-hmm. We want to know. We love it when you guys show us your brackets online so that we can then see where did they go on this. And then we kind of get a consensus of whether we were right or wrong, even though we know we're right. We're wrong. But let us know on Facebook. Let us know on Instagram. Let us know on Twitter if uh, our pick made you laugh or it made you cry. All right, before we go, we'd like to thank some patrons. So from the I Am The Listener category, we have Taylor Sanderson, Sir and Madam Hicks, Scott Sprague, Ryan and Marley, Rocky and Steph, Lady Terry A. Finley, Juice the Cooler King Swallow, Jennifer Kilkowski, Dave Kelly, Casey Cummings, Briggs is Hot, Angela Plotz, Andrew in the Cold and Dark, and Adam and Rachel Crump. And from the Bacon Council, we have the one, the only, Chris Anderson, Steven, everyone's favorite, Ross, Star Wars expert, Kyler, our favorite couple, the Madsons, Nicole D. Kale, Johnny English the Brick, Her Royal Highness Jessica Terry, Glow Clan Daniel, Debbie Foster, and Beaker. Thank you, patrons. You are the Harry to our Lloyd. <laughs> that, that, that worked really well, actually. Yeah. But if you want to find me, you can find me at 76Joel on Twitter. You can find me performing with QuickWits. They perform at the Midvale Performing Arts Center. For more details, go to qwcomedy.com or go to the QuickWits Facebook page. If you want to find me on Twitter or Instagram, it's at Kenny3DD. If you want to read my movie reviews, at showtimeshowdown.com. If you'd like to connect with me, you can do so on Twitter and Instagram at TumblingMustard. But more importantly, make sure you're following Bacon Sale. Please like that Facebook page and go to at Bacon Sale on Twitter and Instagram. While you're doing that, visit tpublic.com slash bacon sale where you can get yourself all sorts of fun merch. We'd love for you to wear... Uh, bacon sale like a billboard tpublic.com slash bacon sale and then if you like what's going on here and you want to support us further visit patreon.com slash bacon sale where support starts at just three dollars a month as we mentioned tier two patrons and up can see essentially the first round of this bracket where we showed some cards that we eventually argued about here in this episode patreon.com slash bacon sale so until next time you're still here it's over oh go home safe go I think we created a nice community of people who can mourn together. When you're rooting for the South (laughs) in the Civil War, hilarious. hilarious. (laughs) From the book of Joel here, which is actually a book, so pay attention to it. I just want to say, you guys are great. I would like to point out that the Zach test may have lost, but we all know it really won. Zach, no matter what happens after this, we had this moment. Oh, I feel (laughs) awkward. Always the bridesmaid, never the winner of this bracket. You can't keep putting yourself in the victim position, Zach. (laughs) I'm questioning your Shrek love. (laughs) Shrek is love. Shrek is live. Did you forget how this show works, Zach? <laughs> Zach, are you okay? Bring toast. Are you Bring having, toast. Zach, are you good? What are you, what are you smelling right now? <laughs> As a millennial here, I'm just going to say goodnight. No, I'm good. We're done. If Madeline Kahn is the queen of this bracket, Rachel McAdams is the princess. It's about Idaho, Utah's hat. Loved it back in the day. Yeah. But just like Cafe Rio, I've grown tired of it. Do you have a pick for Daddy? This is better Hamlet than The Lion King. I, it's again, stupid, but it's my kind of stupid. <laughs> What? Yeah, Mandela he's, effect? He's, Mandela. Never, he's never named. The yeah. Berenstain Bears? The real Ghostbusters came <laughs> What's out. What's happened? This what movie. happens to Dan Aykroyd while he's sleeping? Oh, God. <laughs> That's a weird storyline that was originally in the Ariel show. He throws Ariel in the ocean. Two sharks eat her. That's not what Dan Aykroyd does. <laughs> you didn't have to dig in deep. I will watch yeah, rude. Why do you got to hurt me? <laughs> I'll watch it for tomorrow. Why are you so angry and bitter? How can talking about Coney be so not funny? <laughs> <laughs> That's the we messed up giggle. Noises. Blah. I'm. Mm. Mm. Oui. Ah. Uh, oh. Hui.